I listen to Ministry of Magic, Goodbye Privet Drive, Acousiatus, Onward and Upward, and the Triwizard, all, all four of them, on the way back to wow. okay. St. Louis. Houston, we have a problem. Let's try that again, shall we? I listen to Ministry of Magic, Goodbye Privet Drive, Acousiatus, Onward and Upward, and the Triwizard, all, all four of them, on the way back to wow. okay. St. Louis. I listened to Tri- the Triwizard CD while well, I was in Illinois, and then the other three I listened to when I was on the Missouri side coming back because I timed one of them to see how long it was because I listened to it twice. I was really surprised the fact that I was still getting choked up about some of the songs. <laughs> the uh, Ascend- As- Asciendo? Ascendo. Mm-hmm. Ascendio. That's one of them where he's... You know, today I met a man whose name was Hagrid. Today I met a man whose name was Hagrid. He told me that I was more than a boy. And I was like, okay. And I got to, I'm not a burden. Mm-hmm. I'm not good for nothing. And I was like, yeah, that's, that was Harry, what, what, what he was, you know, taught for 10 years. Yeah. And it just, yeah, that, and then the one with, uh, I don't remember the name of the songs. I just know the songs. It's right after he's having, still having nightmares. He can still see Fred's face, you know. And I can still see Frederick's laughing face. And then it goes to that one and two, 19 years later. Yeah. And, you know, there's no pain left in the scar. And I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I was just, you know, I'm singing along with the songs and I can't sing with them when you can't sing when your throat is closed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really hard. doesn't work. No, it does yeah, not. It makes it a little harder. And, and yeah, I was really surprised that, you know, I, and I'm sure that when, you know, we have this, when these movies come out, I'm just going to be a blubbering mess. I just know it. Here's the person who the logo came up on the screen for Half-Blood Prince and I started to cry and it was like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's nostalgia is what it is. I know we have to to start, but we watched Benjamin buttons yeah. today and the logos the two opening logos with the buttons and i thought that was really cool but we won't talk about that right now for monday november 28th this is episode 133 of Potterfic weekly welcome to the place where the story never ends hey Ronnie, the next time you're- in this episode, we feature typically Puffwanian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. <laughs> no, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I think we please where the story lands. Ever ends. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Potterpick Weekly. This is episode 133, the final four chapters of Points of No Return by Nyack Zephyr. And I'm Kelly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And we are here to... No, sorry. I was going to say peon cast. No way. <laughs> I know. I would... And we are here to pop you up. <laughs> sorry. Pop you up. Okay. My arms don't go over my head right now because I did some pumping iron. <laughs> yes, she's all pumped out. I'm sore. Okay, so... This At the end of last week, Ron had finally screwed up his courage to do something to help Harry have a chance to defeat Voldemort. Because as far as he's concerned, everybody has been killed and there are Dementors and everything is just falling apart. But he is going to do something. And that is where we start Chapter 30. Yes. yes. So right now... And like I said, like he said, Voldemort has just told Harry that he killed the first three people who used the port key to get out of the shield. Mm-hmm. And okay, who who here just wanted to scream at Harry? Go, he lies. Yeah, <laughs> he does that. He's really good at it. I'm like, you fall for it every time, Harry. Are you stupid. It's like watching a horror film. You're like. Turn the lights on first. <laughs> Just shoot him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. You know, Voldemort's doing his thing that he always does. He has to brag first. If he just yes. kill Harry, this would be done. Mm-hmm. But it's no, the, he has didn't to we brag. Ar- didn't we already do the things that you shouldn't do if you're an evil overlord. I'm sure. Do not monologuing yeah. is the first thing. Stop monologuing. Yeah, don't tell your you know, what was the what was the line I said? Don't tell your ultimate enemy your plans before you kill your ultimate enemy. We're going to let you die slowly while you think about what I just said. It's like, oh, please, just do it. <laughs> My son was just watching uh, a show. It was called Johnny Test. It was so funny. It was a, it's a cartoon, and the villain was telling him what his like his ultimate plan is, what he's going to do next, and like their sidekick kept on t- the sidekick kept on telling the guy that was the villain going, "Why aren't you telling the plan? You stupid idiot! You're not supposed to tell him the plan." Yeah, it's I like just found it to be funny. <laughs> it's like evil overlord rule number one: don't spill the beans. You know, it, well, it, there always, there's also number sixty five or whatever it is. Don't turn into a snake. It never helps. And we and we did, <laughs> and I think we actually covered this on Friday. Sue, uh-huh. were you still with us? With when PS and I were watching <laughs> the TV, Mm-mm. and it was like, oh look, lilac jumpsuits, and they all fit. They're one size fits all. <laughs> Ooh. What, what was this? It was Johnny Quest. <laughs> and look, okay. they have pink ships. <laughs> I was thinking of Batman because don't they always leave Batman, you know, like hanging over a cauldron of bubbling acid? Same bat channel. I will kill you in five seconds, but first I have to flip a coin. (laughs) Yes. Do I dip you in it, the acid, or do I torch you with the flame? Let me let me think, and while I'm doing that, you can escape. It's kind of like, oh, I have a question to ask you. Uh, what was the question? 
Have you ever mm. danced in the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> it's like, mm. uh, so Baldi has, is the books would have been a lot shorter. If the beginning of Goblet of Fire was like, Oh look, there's Harry Potter. Shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he steps out of the port key. One's out. Do you reckon? Yes, I think so. <laughs> oh crap. Yeah. Yep. Said, you know, Cedric could have got on to be the, the, our, our Neville. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Neville would hit Pettigrew over the head and grab the port key again. No. Cedric would... Um, Neville would have tripped over a root. <laughs> yeah, Neville would... And accidentally shoot someone. Right. And it kills someone. Hopefully Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort would get trampled by a rampaging plant. <laughs> Mike, hey, let's stick see. Mike on him. No! Mike! <laughs> <laughs> well, I could see anyway. it, it's like a version of mousetrap in we... my mind. You know, <laughs> Neville trips and the spell goes off and it ricochets off a tree and it breaks a branch and the branch falls down and hits Voldemort in the head, you know, <laughs> something like it that. Cracks yeah. his head open and it's dead. Yeah. You know How what? exactly I think do you define at Harry the hand of the other? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you That's mean... the plot point of one of my little short fix that I wrote actually before um, before well after Deathly Hallows came out but before I'd read it I wrote this ridiculous little thing where they have their armies lined up and they're charging across a field and Harry trips and sets off one of the Weasley twins catapults and that kills Voldemort <laughs> that's great <laughs> okay so anyway so Ron has decided I have nothing left to live for, mm-hmm. and I'm going to die helping Harry. Speaking go. of charging at things, <laughs> yeah, basically bowls the Dementors off the cliff. Yeah, yep. And um, it was like, wow. <laughs> and of course, he tries Petrificus Totalis, and he gets hit with a spell that pretty much sends him off well. The cliff. We thought it was. Oh, yeah. we, it's, we Ron wasn't was going the for the Dementors. He was. He charges at Voldemort yeah. and tries to petrify him. And Voldemort blasts him over the cliff, but he runs into the Dementors on the way. And but you have, you think that it's the AK because it's green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think Ron is dead. Bye bye, Ron. But it's apparently a f- green fireball or something. Yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know that yet. Right now, we think Ron is dead. It does. It says it felt the enormous fireball hit him. So we know it it wasn't the AK as such. Right. Because he feels things afterwards and he gets blown over the cliff, but then he falls and everything everything goes goes black. black. And then, of course, we have a scene change. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Hey, do you hear that? Hmm. It sounds like a bunch of rampaging Dementors. (laughs) (laughs) What now, could that you... strange explosion be? Hmm, it's probably think... Muggles setting off a new mine. Right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you Damn feel muggle. that that vibration in the ground? What could you how could you not feel this? <laughs> I love Moody. You've been sniffing too many herbs. Take a break. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, really, something's there. I'm going ahead. Oh, by the way, the scene changes to Moody and Sirius, if we haven't already yeah. explained that. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, there's that. that. Was our yes. So, yeah, they're... So, um, Sirius is going ahead, and he decides, all right, fine, if you're not 
going to come with me. Um, I'm going up to see what's happening. Meet me at that tower over there. Which the, okay. apparently they can see the castle. Right. Hmm. So we know they're close. Yeah. And in the so, meantime, Harry's. We go back to Harry, and he's been. You know, he's finally got the flames out on his arm. Right. His arm got set on fire last chapter when he yeah. tried to curse Voldemort. Right. And he's blistering and everything. And then he sees Ron go do the swan dive over the cliff. Mm-hmm. And of course, he thinks he's dead. Ron right. is dead. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Now. And yells out, Ron with seven ends. So you know it's really. <laughs> Did your text reader go, R O N? And, yes, and, yes, and it did. <laughs> so did mine. Mine <laughs> did. Wow. Because mine always spells out anything capitalized. So does mine. And I'm like, <laughs> this oh, is the advantage of doing it yourself. <laughs> and, you know, he just, he loses it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really would uh, mess up their whole dramatic speech. It's like, you kill everyone that means something to me. E-V-E-R-Y-O-N. It does. <laughs> kill M-E this time. K-I-L-L-M-E. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm very confused. Because <laughs> <laughs> it spells it fast. And, you know, it takes a little bit for my brain to catch up with everything that's being spelled. And by then they're spelling something else. And I was so right. Oh, and, uh, and by the way, we do recommend Sue is using, what do you, what's the program that you use? I speak it. You use I Speak It for Mac. Um, I'm using a freeware called Balabolka. You can Google either one of those. And, I do uh, um, text out loud, and I love it. There's another one there. Yeah. So, so we, we do recommend. You know, yes, you're listening to us on a on an audio device or on a computer. But if you're interested in listening to these stories done, buy it. Admittedly automated voice, which can be really, really confusing sometimes, and they have bad pronunciations other times that make me laugh. Um, Evil. You can also tweak the pronunciations on some of them. I know I can do it on mine. I'm not sure yeah. about the other two. I, do- I downloaded two voices. It was on sale for mm-hmm. like five bucks, and I'm like, you know what? That was so worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, now- all the voices that I'm using and all of the um, software that I'm using actually was all freeware. So, and none of it was, <laughs> none of it was pirated. It was all freeware. Um, so yeah, it was, and, and the one that Sue has, she has the full version of it. And she's, I think you've purchased a couple of voices for that. Haven't you? No, I, I'm using the free voice. Okay. Because it was just simpler and I didn't mind it. I know a lot of people have do, but I, I can tell you that out of the pay voices, the ones that I have listened to, um, is it Sepestral? Is, is that how you pronounce that? I don't know, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, there's one. There's the that's the brand, and the one that I think comes the closest to really doing a very good job with pronunciations, especially of the Potter books, is Lawrence, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a a pay one. I I don't remember how much it is, but that's my recommendation that so yeah, I think that's who Ryan had I think really yeah I, right so going back to the story now we have a little <laughs> side tangent on audio so Harry's this uh, episode is brought to you by text-to-speech readers <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not great. we've had other ones 
I know podcasts that have been brought to you by audible.com and things like that. So Harry is now turned back to Voldemort and is going to crucio him. Mm-hmm. And Voldemort uses Harry's favorite spell on him. Expelliarmus. Yeah, that was really sad. And that's See, Harry's well, not the only one who does it. This is where he uh, set his arm on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... So, I'm a little confused. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay, we have... It's a flashback. You better be thankful that I still have need of you. Oh, that would have been a deadly mistake. Growling. I don't know. How do you growl? Growl deep or growl high? Yeah, that's Voldemort's growl. So, with this, these last few paragraphs have all been in the past. That kind of jumps. Yeah. He's remembering okay. what happened right before Ron came. So now he's going, now he doesn't care that his arm is on fire. Who needs a working arm when Voldy was going to kill him anyway? We, what we find out is Voldemort wants his will. Yes. He doesn't want his life. He wants his will. Mm-hmm. That took me a while to get my mind wrapped around that. I'm like, his will? I'm like, really? I'm like, what the hell? Huh? a piece of paper? No. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of like I'm like does he want to inherit everything? It's like Harry? I want you to turn to the dark side. <laughs> no, he just wants him to be a vegetable. Right. Yeah. yeah. It would be fun if it's his other will. It's like, I Harry Potter being of sound mind and body leave you one battered school trunk. <laughs> Yay. And a firebolt. <laughs> and a firebolt. Yeah. Oh. My relatives, take them, please. <laughs> You're welcome to them. <laughs> They're muggles. Have fun. Apparently, Voldy wants his will because he's admired it. Because when I wasn't hating you for using it against me, it's like yes, it uh, keeps resisting him so much. So and apparently, really he can good. he can break through the imperious curse. Mm-hmm. You've been oh, that about Harry already, right? Sorry, then I started thinking of the commercial. If there's a will, there's an A. The name of this chapter, it's called If There's a Will. Yes. And he, so he wanted Harry's will. And Harry is like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying, you know, I'm going to take your will. And, Whether you like it or not. And everyone's going to cower. And, and Harry's like, you know what? You've underestimated or overestimated me. You've killed my parents. You've killed some of my only family. You've killed my best friends. So why do I have anything to live for? Just kill me now. And he's like, but I don't want you dead. I want your will. And Gary's like, yeah, I think you should just kill me. <laughs> you know? <So> he's like, <laughs> yeah. no, wait a minute. So he tries to literally pull Harry's will out of him. It's kind of like the, the mentor's kiss in a way. Sort of. And- yeah, it's not your soul, but it's your will. But I think your soul and your will is the yeah, same. They, they sort of designed it around the Dementors. Voldemort says that, actually. Right. Yeah. They got the idea from watching the Dementors. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, congratulations. You've, something, you've taken something evil and depraved and made it even more evil and depraved. Good for you. So he tries to get the wand away again because Harry gets his wand back. He manages and- to get his wand back by pretending he's going to throw up. Right. I thought that was funny. Yeah. 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 Let me throw up on your shoes there. Voldy backs up. <laughs> yeah. And then Voldemort conjures a bunch of snakes. A bunch of snakes. Cobras. Serpensorta quinten- quintentus? Serpensorta yeah. quintentus. Which is basically 
poof, I make five serpents. Sounds if, more impressive than what it is. Okay. Yeah, it does. That's mm-hmm. Latin, you know. And Valeria wakes up and starts screaming, and then Naturally. I think she stops again because Nagini isn't there. Yeah. It's weird. What happened to Nagini? She, she got sent back up yeah, to the castle. Sent to the castle. To Go to your her, room. To drink her potion. Harry is trying to talk to them in parcel tongue, and Baldy is like, they're not going to listen to you. Ha 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 ha. And finally he decides, all right, I'm going to have to try and kill him. He starts the incantation, but Voldemort counters with a finita incantatum, which yeah. I didn't think you could do in the middle of somebody casting a spell. I don't Apparently, think it actually applies that way, but yeah, in this case it does. As they said, as we have heard before, it's a good thing that the killing curse has so many syllables in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, except for Harry's trying it now and, and it's not working because it's yeah. had so many syllables. But Right. Yeah, and that's when Voldy tries his new spell out on him. And there's this little cloud that gets pulled out of Harry's body. Right. And the farther away it moves, the less he feels the will to do anything. Right. Right. And so he casts Immobilus on it, like Hermione did with the Pixies, which is fun. Mm-hmm. To try to get it to stop moving. And he does kind mm-hmm. of get it to stop moving at that point, but now the wands are locked. And it's kind of a whole deja vu thing with the Priory in... Is it in Cantanum? Yeah. Yeah. It happened. I think we've been here before. Yeah, it with um, Goblet. So yeah. now they're going back and forth with this limbo. They're going back and forth and they're basically playing tug of war with Harry. And of course, it gets harder and harder for him to do anything about that the more Voldy manages to pull it away. But also at the same time, Voldemort has to well, concentrate on the orb. On the orb. Harry manages to conjure a fireball. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Apparently he's been laughing. practicing while they were trapped in the cottage and not fishing. So they're still playing tug of war. Harry throws the fireball at him. Mm-hmm. So he's got to, he's been hit with the fireball in the he shoulder. He manages to yank his will back yes. fairly close to himself. But Voldemort tries his own thing and immobilizes it before it actually reaches Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and then just we have sort of hovering in front of him there. And then we have the snakes too. Yeah. Which are all gathered around Harry. So he can't move. Kind of annoyed. And then he hears something. Harry does. And he's like, "Yeah, what is that? It must be the Dementor Sickness. My mind is playing no. tricks on me. It's not. Because he thinks he hears mm-hmm. Ron. Yeah. And that, of course, is not possible. Except, well, it is. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the, I just like how the end before the scene changed. He smiled. Yes. Yeah. And, and the then I'm changes. like, and there's a scene change. I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a Here scene. Here we are in Hogwarts. So we have proof that people have not actually been killed. Right. Yes, Miss Madame Pomfrey is yelling Told at you he lies. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a lying no. liar. Of course he, he is. No one believes me. I believe He lies. Believe me, thank you. So Mom and Dad Granger are there, and... They're all in the hospital wing at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is going nuts because the other three haven't made it back yet. She's trying right. to get out of bed. They won't and- let her out of bed to go and check the Borky site or anything. And yeah. 
what if it's something that she did that means the port key went wrong and they're all deposited over the ocean somewhere or something weird has happened and what if it's her fault and uh, ah, right yeah. and the whole entire time I'm thinking I'm like why does everybody make Madame Pumphrey the big meanie because <laughs> she's the boss of the hospital wing I yeah. know but no one listens to her anyhow I think it's funny. As soon as it says they went into the hospital room, Dumbledore shouting orders for Pomfrey to lock the doors behind them and allow only family members in. Three minutes later, the hospital wing was filled with tears, hugs, and Weasleys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they. It doesn't take very much to fill, fill some place with Weasleys. No, of course. It doesn't. And Fred's getting top priority because he's the one that needs Hurt. the most help. But everybody, the other two have been sent to bed, and Dumbledore has asked a couple of questions and then run back out to the site, to the Porky site, and now it's an hour later, and he's come back with more questions, and they still don't know left. what's going on. It left again. Why did he just use darn Fox for questioning? So it's, so it's been two hours, mm-hmm. and Hermione is going bananas. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she hears Ron. Yeah. And she thinks back to him frantically and also murmurs his name out loud. So Ginny hears it and goes, what? Yeah. Ron in your head? He's like, yes, yes, he is. And Ginny's like, is he coming right now? And Hermione's like, um, no. 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 And starts crying. And so and Ginny, Ginny panics and runs for Dumbledore. Ginny does well, what none of the others will ever do. She goes for help. Yeah. Yay, Ginny. <laughs> it's happened in some of the stuff we've read, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a smart one of the group. It's true. And also, I thought when I read it that it's just because Hermione has said they're not coming through the port key right now, she knows that Dumbledore doesn't have to be out there. So right. that's why she's going to get him. Well, that's the contact. Dumbledore needs to know this. Mm-hmm. Then we have and a scene we change again. Scene change again. <laughs> And we're jumping back in time again, of mm-hmm. course. All three of these have gone back over a little bit of the same ground from the different points of view. Yeah. So. And we have and somebody that's strangling and coughing, and who in the world could that be? They need, to, they need help, and all of a sudden Ron goes, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. hmm. And apparently he has gone over the side of the cliff. But he sort of and fell close to it instead of, of right. away from it and is has gotten caught on a tree that's a little sapling that's growing out of the cliff. Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking like the big cliffs of Dover. Yeah. It's the cliffs of Ireland. We don't know where in Ireland, but right. yeah. But it's the it's this fairly small sapling and things are sort of cracking as he lays there and he's sort of going, eh, yeah. I don't think this is built to support a 16-year-old. Well, that and he's got Harry's shirt on mm-hmm. and it has caught him. The shirt is caught in the tree and is choking him. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's having a problem breathing because he's hanging from the thing that's holding him up on the cliff. Yeah. And um, he yanks that away from his throat so he can breathe, and then there's a crack, and he descends several inches, and he's sort of like, like, "Oh, that's bad." <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And I have visions of Jen's neighbor hanging from the tree in his overalls. <laughs> Ron does not have a chainsaw. We can say that for him. No. Oh, that's good. But his, but his wand is stuck to his hand, which I thought was funny. It's like, look, it won't go off. Um, okay. Yay. Yay. So he... no, it's because they stuck them they stuck them to their thighs earlier and mm-hmm. apparently it just makes the entire wand sticky like that because now yeah. it's stuck to his hand. Right, right. And... Which is good. So mm-hmm. he finally makes it up back onto the edge of the cliff. He's like on a little because... lip first, isn't he? Yeah. And then yeah. he contacts Hermione and <laughs> lets her know kind of what's going on and then he's Run Hermione, run Hermione, are you there, Hermione? Over. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like they need. It's like they're walkie-talkie. Yeah, he's been thinking while he's been hanging there, and he realizes that the picture Voldemort showed Harry as proof that he'd captured and killed everybody was actually of them inside the cabin, and Ron and Harry were in the background and just mm-hmm. sort of blurred out. So he thinks he can't have actually caught them, and it, that's. He realizes that's not true, but at the same time, he doesn't want to find out maybe it really is. So he just yeah. has to find out whether Hermione is alive, so he contacts he, her first. He figures right. that it was the dark mark, be my eyes, be my eyes. Right. Really what? Mm-hmm. He, there was some way. And that's where they got see. the picture from. Right. So, yeah, he does the, you know, Hermione. Yeah. And he lets her know that. Voldemort showed up, and she's like, now more panic than ever. He blew me That's over much. this cliff with a spell. What? <laughs> <laughs> what the hairy heck are you talking about? Yep. And, and so then he says, I gotta go see no what Harry's... No one says Ron's the smartest thing in the world. Yeah. I've gotta go see what Harry's up to, so I'm going to, you know, basically disconnect. And she's like, don't you dare. And he said, oh, well, I don't know if I can hold it and get up the cliff. And she's like, well, you're going to try. That's all there is to mm-hmm. it. If I... you drop off suddenly, I'll know why, but I'm not going voluntarily. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he finally pulls himself up back up onto the top of the cliff. And yeah. he the is... The good news is Harry's still standing. Right. right. And he's really close to where Valeria and apparently Wormtail is hovering over Valeria, making sure that, you know, Nick Nothing happens to Nagini's soon-to-be body. Uh He was told to guard her, so he is following directions. Right. So now he sees Harry, and he tells her, and he decides that he needs to talk to Harry, too. Right. So he kind of taps him on the shoulder. Harry looks uh, tired, but okay. (laughs) She's like, you're not telling me the truth, are you? We're losing it. There's static. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) chat talk. We're going through a tunnel. Yeah. (laughs) I can't hear you right now. Crumble, 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 crumble. (laughs) Here, wait, I have something. Here we go. There we go. What? What is that? (laughs) (laughs) He tries to get to Harry. Yeah, he tries a couple of times. And he finally, he's like, hey, Harry, you're not planning on beating up on this guy without me, are you? You know what? Oh, and then he tells them. Yeah, he claims he killed the twins and Hermione. Ah, I should set Hermione loose on him for that. They're all safe at Hogwarts. This is when Harry finally acknowledges that this really is Ron. Mm -hmm. He says, it's about time you showed up, Weasley. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he smiles and, and Ron's like, you're smiling, Harry? Dueling with bloody Voldemort and you're smiling? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very guy thing to taunt your own friend who's dueling for the mm-hmm. rest of the Well, you know, he's trying to give him good things to think about. Right. So, and that's the end of chapter 30. Yep. Woo. Woo. And then... And chapter 31, this one being called Where There's a Will, and then chapter 31 is called There's Bloody Well Got to Be a Way. Right. <laughs> hey, told ya. Yep. Harry lets Ron know that it's his will that's floating in front of him. Right. And Ron's like, your will? Ew. You know, fight him, Harry, fight him, and I'm going to go take care of Pettigrew. And then I'll be right there. Yeah. I'll help you. And so Harry <laughs> says... You BRB! Know, yeah. <laughs> and so then Hermione's like, okay, Ron, what's going on? And Ron explains that he's okay, but that his will's out of his body. And she's like, I've got Dumbledore. Wait, let me think. And they talk about the orb. Yes. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it sinks in and he, she's like, Voldemort has Harry's what out of his what? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're trying oh. to tell. And then... Voldemort has finally realized that Harry's something's different. Attitude yeah. has changed. Yep. And he starts yelling for Wormtail. Go find out what that is. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Wormtail's not quite fast enough and he gets petrified. Yeah. Yes, which he needs to be petrified cuz, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh Valeria, he comes just, you know, trying to calm Valeria down. Cuz of course, you know, Voldy's still yelling for Wormtail. Mm-hmm. But then he turns and he sees it's Ron. And, and he, he crucifies him. him. Yeah. Yep. And apparently, in this universe, that lasts until you turn it off. Yeah. Rather than that was crucial. You have to hold your wand. You have to hold your wand on them for it to be going. You just cast it once, and then just can wander off and well, go have you know a sandwich what? and come back and take I think it off. I know where that came from. Sandwich. You were such a Hufflepuff. <laughs> what the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> I'll come back to you later. I think I know where that came from. I think that came from Goblet. Because in the movie version of Goblet. Khrushchev. I don't think he said. I don't remember. I don't remember. Does he say Khrushchev? Mm hmm. He's like, Khrushchev. And then he goes, Khrushchev. I'm like, huh? I don't remember that at all. I, I don't remember the Khrushchev. I just remember him saying it again. I'll have to find that. It's it's actually. Is that in the maze or something? No, it's in the. No, it's when he see, when it's Voldemort doing it. Yeah, it's in the in the graveyard. Okay. Yeah, he, Where he says he Crucio's Harry, who drops to the ground and flails around, and then. Mighty fine acting at that point in time. He mm-hmm. says, I thought he said Crucio again and picks his, you know, picks his wand away. But you're saying he says Crucioff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think this can come from that, though, because wasn't it written before Order of the Phoenix, the book, even came out? It wasn't so in Order of the been... Phoenix. It was in Goblet of Fire. Yeah, but there weren't any movies. Hmm. This may have been toward the end of it. This isn't. They don't even know any of the fifth-year stuff yet. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. There's crucial. But it's an yeah. interesting anyway. It's a difference crucial. from what I always thought. But right. Yeah. We'll so, see if we can find that. So yeah, um, apparently you can leave the Cruciatus curse on until you turn it off. So yeah, all this this next little bit here is all while he's under the Cruciatus curse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Hermione, and he's trying to think to Harry and Hermione without sending them any of the pain from the curse. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's not working very well. So Hermione tells him that he's got to send some of it to her. Right. And then Dumbledore is able to remove it from her, or at least parts right. of it. Or something like that, yeah. Or mm-hmm. or lo- deaden the pain. It's like mm-hmm. he's given her like well, more or something. And, and Harry is also now being assaulted with the Cruciatus, too. However... But not before he can get... He finally gets really determined and switches the snakes over to attack Voldemort. Yeah. Right. And they go over and bite him. Right. Which is really interesting. Because as primed as they were to attack, they never attacked Harry because Harry was standing still. But even though he still would have been moving a little bit with the spells and stuff going on. Right. And then he sends him over. Yeah, but he wasn't kicking out at them like Voldemort is. And then Voldemort, Hmm. who should know better. Just, just he just yells at them first, and then one of them bites him, and then he kicks the rest of them, and so they all bite him. Right. And, all right someone's mm-hmm. kicking me, I'll bite him too. I heard a story about that, about a guy that was, you know, he wasn't very far out, you know, wherever he was, and there was a snake, and he accidentally stepped on the snake, and it bit him. And so instead of just, you know, doing what, normal people would do and freaking out that the snake had bit him and going to get help. He got mad and started trying to stomp the snake. And so the snake Ugh. bit him like another seven or eight times because oh, no. he wasn't smart enough to stop and go get help. And, and I can't remember. I'm sure he died. I can't remember now, but I was just like, what kind of stupidity is that? You know, It's called revenge yeah. is what it is. So Valdi has got these snakes that are, Fighting him. Mm-hmm. I do and like Harry's line here, too. Well, and, and he finally stops the spell to try to extract Harry's will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He finally stops that. He's a little distracted. Yeah, he's a lot oh, distracted at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot distracted. But I do like Harry says, you know, this is one problem with having a body back is now you can bleed like the rest of us. Yeah, but Harry can't get the Cruciatus stopped on Ron. Yeah. While Voldemort is distracted, he tries to go over and stop it, the spell on Ron, but it doesn't work. Right. right. Now Ron is... Now we, have, now we have a problem. He doesn't know what hurts worse. The actual curse of the fact that he's hurting Hermione. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this oh, is sure. when she finally convinces him she, he has to share some, some of this pain just so he... He's the only one there to help Harry, so he has to be able to move and to do stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And he can't get it off, and they're still kind of in contact with Dumbledore through Hermione, and, you know, you just don't know what. And doesn't Harry get cruciated again? I can't remember. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Well, he hasn't been yet. He's just getting it. He's just getting the backlash from Ron. Harry's over at Ron's side, and he's reaching in to get the port key because Ron tells him which pocket it's in. Right. And 
Voldemort has stopped trying to do the will spell and used that time to banish the Cobras. So now he is in the way again and focuses on Harry again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and well, and of course, you know, Harry's like, I'm done with you and goes to AKM and, and Voldemort says, no, what would your parents think? Oh man. <laughs> and all this is when I yell at Harry again. Yeah. I'm like, stupid idiot. And then he crucios Harry. Right. <laughs> like, no! Because he's not affected by snake venom that much. He's not. Because no. that's the other thing. Is he says, well, I'm dying anyway. I've been bitten by all these snakes. But it's Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's had all sorts of rituals done, so snake venom doesn't do anything to him. Right. Right. Which makes sense. <sighs> he is starting to look like a snake and everything, too. Yeah. But he's surrounded by them at long periods of time, so it'd be kind of inconvenient if every time one of your pets got mad at you, you uh, had to go and get all the healing spells done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so now we have both Ron and Harry going, let's see, who wants to die first? Hmm. Yeah. And now Harry's feeling all dejected. And Ron's like, <laughs> Dejected. No. While he's flailing around on the ground. Yeah. I'm dejected. <laughs> yeah. Harry, you were wicked awesome. You almost did it. It's like, oh, yeah. it's the almost I have a problem with. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it almost doesn't get you anything. So yeah. now and we have... Ron connects with Hermione and says, finally gets, actually thinks to her, you know, I love you. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted you to know that. And he's basically going, he thinks he's going to die right now. Right. And she's like, okay, now that you've said that... You, I'm not letting you just die on me. <laughs> yeah. Ron's like, women. <laughs> yeah, I, wanted, I can't is, think I, when you're yelling at me. It was so sweet. I can't think when I'm when you're yelling at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she starts. She just insists he's going to think of a plan. And he's like, I don't have any plans. But, mm-hmm. He starts concentrating on the orb, and he's also concentrating on his love for her. And love, as we know, in Harry Potter, always wins the day. Right. So that's yeah, what I had a problem. I had a problem with this. Oh well, you know, it's magic. <laughs> I know. Ron's basically just lying there, flailing under the cruciatus, and. Thinking of all his feelings for Hermione, and they are sharing them back and forth and doubling, and and there's nothing that you can tell outwardly. But while this is all happening, holes keep appearing in the orb. So mm-hmm. Voldemort is just completely flabbergasted. What is going on? Yeah. And well, that and it starts to. Yeah. Like Everywhere there's a hole, it lets out some of this swirling magic that was inside it and basically slices his face open. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a laser it's beam. Cutting. Yeah. And he just so, doesn't have a clue what's going now on. Now he's like way And back. of course he has to go, What is the meaning of this? <laughs> <laughs> what's the line that I kept hearing? Power is all that remains. Yeah. No, it's not. Ron's just as confused as he is. He has no idea what's going on, and then it clicks. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is all happening whenever I think about Hermione. Right. He says, okay, and goes full board says with her, it. Let's, let's think of all the great stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, remember that time, and they, they go through a bunch of 
their particularly happy times. Right. And the orb is basically disintegrating. Yeah. And cutting up Voldemort in the process. It's almost like it's a glass ball that's just it's like shattering yeah. into razors, you know. So, yeah, apparently... I sort of pictured it as the way things will happen when you have a piece of paper that's on fire or something like that. They have the little holes that start and they sort of spread and eventually meet mm-hmm. up with each other. And, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and apparently a couple of these uh, blinded him as well, so... Now he can't mm-hmm. see. But shot him in the face. Right. One of Ron's points is how much he likes it when he loves how she looks when she's angry, at least uh, most of the time. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and he realizes that the fog's starting to come in. So he knows that the spell's going down and he thinks that they might be able to get out of there. But he has no strength. Well, and then in the middle of all of this, the Cruciatus stops because the fog is rushing in all, all from all directions and the Cruciatus has stopped and Ron says, okay, now we can go. Come on. We need to get out of here. Because they've been in such pain for so long, they're still having muscle spasms yeah. and they're just really weak. And eventually Valeria has to come over and lift them up. So they finally get back over to the port key site. But jump. the port key isn't working. No. They don't know how to start it up. They tell Hermione that the orb spell is down and Voldemort's bleeding. and She the- passes that on to somebody. Mm-hmm. We know it's Dumbledore, but Ron isn't sure. And they get to the Port Keith site and Valeria kind of stands off. And he's like, aren't you coming with us? And she said, I didn't know if I could. And she's like, well, uh, I'm not leaving you here. <laughs> yes, for darn sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so now they're trying to, you know, what do we, what, the, the port key is not working. What do we have to do? Let's jumpstart it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Okay. And that is the end of chapter 31. Mm-hmm. And we're moving on. Now, see, this chapter was like, most of it was the port key travel. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and we had this discussion earlier about, how I felt like port key travel was almost like between. Mm-hmm. Apparently it isn't. Because apparently not in this one. <laughs> talk and you can you know, it's you can move and it was very strange. Yeah. I don't think ordinarily you could much because right. in in the books Harry doesn't really remember much of anything except this swirling of color patterns. But this one, because it's broken, it seems to be going slower and weird things are happening. And yeah, you can say that stuff. again. Almost like they're in a it's almost, it's Time dimensional work. travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a they're, wormhole. They're in the um, Willy Wonka tunnel thing. Yeah, that's it too. <laughs> All the weird stuff going on around. Something. So the bad blundering blasted port key blues. Uh-huh. So we yep. jump back a little bit again. Mm-hmm. to Hermione's point of view and Ron has told her that the orb spell is down and she, she passes that on to Dumbledore who that, that the Crucio has stopped and all that sort of stuff Dumbledore has theorized that the reason that the that had something to do with emotion mm-hmm. and she blushes and looks away and basically confirms everything of course and um, then they we need to go to the Port key site, and uh, 
he's magically set one up in the courtyard. Yeah, well, there, the... there isn't one. Their ordinary one is on the edge of the Forbidden Forest. Right. But they don't want to take the time to get there or have to carry the Harry and Ron from there. Right. So he figures we can have one in the courtyard outside the hospital wing. And since we don't have time to do all the setting up and carving runes and all the stuff that we need to do, we're just going to have to have Ron home in on Hermione. Right. right. Hermione, Hermione and Ginny. Yeah, Hermione and Ginny because obviously sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually the rest of the Weasley clan too. But. Well, yeah, and half the school population. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that works too. So they set all this up and they put a what they put down a, a cushioning spell or something like mm-hmm. that so they don't flagstones. Mm-hmm. Then now they're trying to get it to work and it's not working. So yeah. And she says, "Is everybody touching it?" And he says, "Yes, but nothing's happening." And so you know she thinks about it and there was a spell that they had to say before. Yeah. Dumbledore says, "Since they're not." The two halves aren't in the same place anymore. The polarity thing shouldn't be a problem. So just tell Ron the two spells that you and George used on the first half, and it should work okay. Right. So she sends along the incantations for the spells. Apparently, wand movements don't really matter for these ones. Right. They just have to keep chanting it over and over. And while this Um, is happening, we're having a jail break. Oh, excuse me, a hospital break. <laughs> Hospital wing break, <laughs> and George has snuck Fred out and is trying to get out to help. And Madame Pomfrey is, of course, right behind him, trying to stop him. And right. they weave through the crowd until they get next to Dumbledore because you know he's yeah. going to protect them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somewhere between the twins and Madame Pomfrey were Molly Weasley in pursuit of the twins as well, and Arthur Weasley in, in pursuit, pursuit of, of Molly. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like a train. Yeah. I like the line. I like Fred's line. Yeah. He, oh, George says, come on, Hermione, you can do it. Give him the spells and you can do it. Do that thing in your head with Ron. And Fred says, yeah, bring her little brother's home. Even that one with the spectacles and the funny colored hair. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh, they can uh, always put in some humor during some tough times. You know, it's Fred and yeah. George. You gotta yep. have humor. Yes. Oh, holy so. night. I mean, come on. Yeah. So we go back uh, to Harry and Ron's end of things, and they have got the porky and they're set up to go. And Wormtail is sort of making his way slowly towards them, and they're hoping he's not going to cause trouble. Right. But Hermione is passed on the spells, so Ron tells Harry the one and says, just keep chanting this over and over, and if we need to, if things are going wrong, I'll try and come in with the other one that stabilizes things. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to work, and Valeria's hand's starting to get hot, and she starts worrying about that because the last time they made her drop the port key and stuff like that and and this time i I like this line there's a dog barking hmm i wonder who that could be Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like now it happens see they didn't arrive in the nick of time (laughs) they did i thought they would too 
Sirius doesn't get to run his nose into the back of his godson's shoe. Oh, well. At some point, maybe. So, if you remember the last time in the other, with the the other half of the port key, there was a very loud noise. Mm -hmm. And they're getting it again here. Right. Yeah. And For some he's reason, I, saying I pictured he, like a engine, like um, an engine or something like that, like a jet there. engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking it it's, is too. It's it's one of the, it's a rotary sort of thing because it's going around and it's speeding up and getting louder as they go. Mm-hmm. Ron mentions that he'd never actually felt the pull behind your navel thing for more than a few seconds. Right. But this time it's going a lot slower. Mm-hmm. And. Is He's wondering the, if this is just what happens when you have half a port key or if it's low on power or what exactly is going on. Right. It's like dragging them through the middle of a tube mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very They're slowly. In tunnel. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing the spell. And Ron finally decides, okay, this is getting worrying. Yeah. So he starts out with I the second spell. I think it's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not working, and he gets a hold of Hermione and says, "Neither one of these things are working." And she says, "Dumbledore yeah. thought that might not work. Well, tell him to help us, you know." And, well, actually, first he says, "Okay, I think this is working." And as soon as he says that, everything falls apart again. Right. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so now they're arguing. <laughs> of course, that's like, sure to help. <laughs> well, she keeps telling him, "You need to do something," and he's like, "What?" What yeah. do I do? I don't know. Do something. You know. I'm just <laughs> like, hello, he doesn't know. Flatter into something. And she's like, don't think like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, but Dumbledore's told her that Ron will have to use his instincts, follow his own way. Follow the force, Luke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> use the force. Use the force. Follow trust your, your own instinct. path. Yeah. Trust, your, trust your instincts. In that yes. blah, blah. He has to follow his own path. And so she's trying to get Ron to just think of something. And Ron, of course, is going, well, I don't know. (laughs) And he says, you have to stop being hard on yourself. You know more than you think you know. Suddenly he felt the bizarre combination of the enormous suffocating weight of being the only one who could help the three of them. And the wonderful ecstatic feeling of lightness that Hermione's words gave him. And he's like, okay. What do I have that's stronger than magic? Oh, wait. I know. Love. <laughs> Love solves everything. So now he's... Amazingly enhanced emotions of his. Mm-hmm. So now he's, he's got to focus on where she is. Right. To get them to where she is. So he's having her describe where she is everything. and what it looks like around her. and What do you see right now? Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for him to go, so what you wearing, Hermione? <laughs> <laughs> I think Harry and Harry's still into the connection. I don't think he wants to know. <laughs> it's the I hospital never thought gown. Of that, but, uh, hmm. uh, yeah, but it's a magical hospital gown. That means you don't moon people when you get off of your bed. Well, you know, you don't One know that. Yes, she describes the courtyard and what the weather's like and how the, the stones are still wet but it's not raining anymore and he's he sort of got this picture and then he says okay I've got an idea now you need to do the same thing from your end close your eyes and imagine I'm already standing there 
Right. Right. And, and she says, can you let Jenny into the connection too? And he says, only if she closes her eyes and promises not to bug me forever. When she finds out how we feel about each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, as soon as Jenny comes in, he's like, Oh, Hey Jenny, hope you don't mind. I had to leave Harry back in Ireland. He's just sort of, <laughs> <laughs> you just Oh, think you you're funny. Such, a, such a brother. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to help you get back here. Just send Harry and that girl along. <laughs> yeah and then Valeria groans and Ron's like what's going on are you okay and she's like yeah I don't feel like I'm falling anymore but my stomach's being ripped out and Ron's like that's a good thing <laughs> she's like yeah I don't think I like this traveling by port key Harry would understand he doesn't like it either yeah. no well he doesn't like flu either he just likes going by Broom. and then the plow into the cobblestones, which is really not as comfortable as hugging Hermione at all. Yeah. But yeah. And of course we have a at least they've made it. But there's a cushioning charm on it, so we don't have to worry about it. Well, we also have a scene change in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We Lovely. have Sirius pounding down the stairs of the tower, and Moody kind of coming up and running into each other. Yeah. Hold over. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel those explosions? <laughs> Tell me you felt them this time. And he's like, yeah, I think I felt something this time. And off he goes. And he comes like, to a creek. You, st- you still don't know what they were, do you? He's like, I don't care. It could be something to do with Harry. And he's heading off. So he finds their rucksacks. Right. Mm. And he grabs those. And that's what was giving him the scent trail, mostly. Right. But they've been all over the place here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's the cottage. And he- then he sees... Voldemort and Wormtail. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know who they are. No. Well, because he's the dog. Mm-hmm. The dog doesn't Apparently, know who they are. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, that, that was something I needed. I was a little hesitant about because it was like I had to keep reminding myself during the thing, like, yeah, he, the dog doesn't, when he's a dog, he doesn't have the same mind frame. He has this other mm-hmm. human. Right. I, I would have thought bit. he'd still recognize scabbers smell sort of thing. Yeah, I th- but, but I don't think he's close enough to smell them yet. Yeah. Right. Because there's been a lot of other scents in this area then he sees them. Mm-hmm. They all hear footsteps because Moody's charging up behind him. Right. And Peter sends Voldemort well, off. Banishment spell. That's an interesting way to travel. Mm-hmm. I banish you back to the castle. Poof! <laughs> Just picture him Why getting couldn't we try that before? Back. I banished you back to Hogwarts. I know. <laughs> I you there. Well, he'd still run into the dome with that, yeah, probably. That's, that's probably. true, but not when the fog was in. Mm-hmm. And then the little man turns around, and he does recognize this is Pettigrew. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he charges at him, basically. He gets a hold of his foot. <laughs> get him, get him. Then Peter takes off his cloak or his robe or something and shoves it in his face and yeah. apparates away from the top of the well. Yeah. He has to climb up on the well to get away from him. And poof, he's gone. Yeah. And oh, Snuffles is not happy. No. no he's very unhappy. We have a repeat of what Sirius did from his broom when they were mm-hmm. trying to get into the. We have another temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Right. And he basically shreds Peter's robe. Right. 
And Moody walks up behind him and is like, I don't know about that. Feels a little better. I reckon you better stay a dog until we've sniffed out all that went on here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he follows. They, they go around and and their snuffles is seeing who goes where and yeah. smells blood and evil. and yeah, But, but no hair. Fred's blood on the bunk, but he doesn't know it's Fred. Right. There's a, some similarity to Ron, so it could be a Weasley, but he's not sure. And yeah, then, yeah, I guess they would have someone of the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they <laughs> found George's sock. I love that. I when we find the missing sock. The missing sock. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> and he doesn't even need to try it. He picks it up and he's going to bring Ugh. it to his nose. And he's like, oh, I can smell it from two feet away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely belongs to a Weasley. Yeah. We're sent back to basically where we left off with the scene change. Right. So they just slammed into the ground. Slam into the ground, yeah. <laughs> Skipping across the cobblestone surface, which is ouch. I'm sure great for their well being. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Like I said, it's a cushioning charm on there now. Yeah, well, you know. Sometimes there's not I don't think they, they don't ever think... actually did cushion I... it. They just they had Dumbledore standing by hoping that he'd be able to do something. something. I'm wondering if the reason that they didn't put a charm down was because they were afraid it would interfere with the port key magic. Mm-hmm. It's possible. You know, they slam into the ground, slide across the, the flagstones. Yeah. Mm. And then they are basically fallen upon <laughs> by Hermione and Ginny. By Hermione and Ginny. <laughs> I love Ron. Ow! Hey, careful, warrior returning from battle here. <laughs> yeah. Gets his gets her knees in his side. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, Ginny's taking care of Harry. Hermione goes over and tackles Ron. I just and, like um, hesitation on, on Jenny. I mean, on um, Hermione's part. Yeah. Okay. He's getting taken care of. Oh. Yeah. So George has picked up Valeria and is carrying her back to the hospital wing. Mm-hmm. And Ginny and Arthur and Dumbledore were at Harry, mm-hmm. and they, they were going to take him back to the hospital wing. And on their way toward Hermione and Ron are Charlie and Bill and Fred and Molly mm-hmm. <laughs> behind them. And, uh, yes, Hermione and, and Ron are uh, celebrating, shall we say? Yeah. And well, the three boys sort of form a wall. And they're like, <laughs> Ron's okay, fine. hi, Bob. <laughs> no, you really don't want it alone. It's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Oh, he's just fine. He's getting cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not what she says. He seems to be um awakening. Whoops. Yeah. Says, we, well, we let me see. It's like, uh, no, I don't really want to do that. We don't think that what he's got is contagious, and we certainly don't think it's life threatening, but we do know he's what he's got. He's got it bad. bad. <laughs> 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 Excuse me, Ron can't speak right now. His lips are busy. His tongue is tied. When we move on to chapter 33, which is sort of an epilogue, but, but it's really it's long. It's just a chapter. Yes, it's very long. <laughs> yes, it kind of is. I, and I have to apologize because I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a wrap up chapter. I didn't realize it was two hours long. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. 
Hopefully we can be shorter than that actually yes. covering it. Previously, between what happened between the time now and what happened the, between the time at the end of the last chapter, we have... Um, Ron has been on trial. Yes. Mm-hmm. For bringing a muggle to Hogwarts and various other breakings of regulations. Yes. Lucius Malfoy has been pulling strings, and there's rumors circulating that it's because of something the Weasley boy's mother did to Draco. Oh, I wonder <laughs> um, what that could have been. I have a question that doesn't pertain to this. Okay. Has anybody seen the preview for a movie called The Heck Was That? It's no, I've never heard of a movie called The Heck Was That. It's so funny. The Legend of the Guardians. Mm. Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. And it's the Owls of. Yes, yeah. Ulrich wants to see that okay. so bad. It's in 3D, mm-hmm. and it's like warrior owls. <laughs> wow. It's a book series. Wow, Ark, oh, it's a movie. I don't know why Ark really wants to see that. I mean, he's just been. I just saw. I just saw it on TV today. Yeah, like, I just. They just had it on here. I was like, yeah. I the, had no idea they were making a movie of that. Did you have you read it? I've read. I think the first book, and it's a trilogy oh, over longer. Is but, it okay? So it's a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Of books, anyway. I don't know what they'll do for the movie. They might. They're short novels. enough. They could combine them, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like the Redwall books. It's the the society of owls who, and these ones are the warriors who go out and hunt for things, and various other fantastical things happen. I haven't read it recently enough to remember most of the plot. But. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, so well, if it's a book, maybe I'll get it for Ari. So Ron has Ron went on trial. Been on trial, yeah. And but Fudge is basically forced to acquit him because everybody comes forward and adds well, in facts that would make them all have to have to take the same punishment. And, and, the, and the reason that Ron is on trial is because he broke the statute of secrecy. Right. Mm-hmm. He let somebody Not, know. Right. He let but him really, know. it's because Molly laid the smack down on Draco. But, well, you know. and, yeah, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but Fudge is a Malfoy puppet. Mm-hmm. You know? But Fudge can't afford to have bad press. And the nope. Weasley boys got the press in there, even though it was closed. And then Seamus sat there and started clapping. And for driving the snakes out of Ireland again. Yeah. Right. And as one person starts clapping, <laughs> more and more and more do. Yeah. And so Fudge has to leave, and Malfoy is storming along behind him, calling him names. Yes. Which you would think sort of stop being such a puppet at that point, but yeah. No. Oh, well. Nah. His pocket. Mm-hmm. He's helping them get reelected. And the uh, Trelawney's prediction about the Ides of March does actually sort of come true because well, there's a big piece of marble that falls off the stairs and is about to impale Ron in the head and uh, Snuffles knocks him out of the way. Mm-hmm. And the Aurors all go after him except for Moody who's like going... You did a fine job for a pig-headed mongrel. People are like, what is wrong with Moody? (laughs) So so they're back at school, and uh, something, the press is back. There's something going on. They're not back to talk to Harry. They're back to talk to Draco, because 
apparently, and then I'm not sure how, I think they were there actually to talk to Harry, mm-hmm. but were um, attracted by a sh- shredded Malfoy boy climbing out of the lake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no pants on. And he's looking well, he's, good. Yeah, Jen would be, oh well, no, I guess he's not wearing leather, but you know, he's naked <laughs> weasley, she'd clinking. be happy. Yeah, a wet, naked, practically naked Draco wearing, mm. you know, which they say, uh, fortunately, he's got his <laughs> undergarments on, which at least covered that part of Draco that most of the student population of Hogwarts never, ever wanted to see. <laughs> well, this is an homage to the Draco giant squid stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Poor uh, A strange silver eagle came along and dropped him in the middle of the lake, and he was forced to proposition the squid in order to get it to bring him back out. Right. And then he <laughs> ignores her and she's heartbroken. The poor squid. Oh. It, is it a Smacked boy squid? I don't the... know. Remembering the last <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> yes. In he suffers the frustration of a jilted squid anyway. Yeah. Yes. And is it Lucius, the you've been editing, Scott? Is it Love, Lord, mm-hmm. and Masses that Ginny su- summons? Yeah, Ginny summons the squid, and they find out it's truly a male. I, I haven't got that far. I can't remember. I think that's it. But might well be. Yeah. So he says, you know, this silver white eagle had abducted him, and and you know, and Lucius thinks this entire story is preposterous and makes. Draco sound like an idiot, so he pays the papers off to keep the press. Right. And then uh, the trio remembers that they're supposed to be meeting with Dumbledore, so they troop upstairs. Well, they go to dinner first, and all through dinner, it's all giggles between Ron and Harry. <laughs> and Hermione's going, okay, you two are way too amused about this. Something yes. is going on. But Ron's like, oh, look at the time. We better go and meet with Dumbledore. And she's just getting frustrated. And then on the way up, she remembers something. Wait a minute. What's your Patronus nope. again? <laughs> <laughs> She's just getting louder and louder and yells out basically that it's an eagle. And five seconds later, three third years Slytherins come around the corner and Ron is forced to uh, silence her in his own special way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in other words, I loved Harry's reaction. Next time you do this, warn me first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and apparently now we have doing homework as an as a or helping with your homework as an analogy for dating. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's our new. That's Harry that's Harry. how you say it now. Hmm? Uh, apparently, <laughs> yes. And Hermione is sidetracked about Patronus now, and she's worried that hers will be some weird thing like an insect. And Ron says, even if it's a potato bug, I'm sure it will be a cute one. Yeah. (laughs) Well, her her and her, oh, you do know that eagles mate for life. Uh. (laughs) Well, what do you know? (laughs) Harry's like, I'm sorry to cut this fascinating conversation short, but we're here. (laughs) Yay! And we have a change of password. Did you notice? Mm, watermelon mm-hmm. marmalade. Mm. I don't know about that one. I don't know. Watermelon marmalade 
sounds kind of intriguing, actually. It could work. You never know. I think it would yeah. be good. I'm well, I'm not I'm not a real big fan of orange marmalade, but, you know, pickled watermelon rind is the yeah. one time that I had it, I thought it was pretty good. And yeah, I, I, I picture watermelon marmalade as made with watermelon rinds. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I haven't um, thought of that. I figured it was the other part, but it might well be. Probably both, but it would you need a lot of pectin to gel mm-hmm. it because it's, it's mostly water. Yeah, watermelon right. is kind of mush. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Dumbledore knows what's happened, and Ron has no idea how he figures these things out. Yes, but he always he says, um, "Oh, by the way, you've just missed a lovely conversation with Lucius Malfoy, which I'm sure you're devastated about. Although it might have been very appropriate for some of you to be impre- to be present, uh, I'm sure the situation with young Malfoy was simply unfortunate. Don't you agree?" <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. I could just picture uh, in the movie um, Christmas Stories with Ralphie. They're they're all going. Yeah, parents love saying that kind of stuff to us. We know. <laughs> you just don't get caught. Yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. Just Ron, don't get caught. How does he know these things? Yeah, and of course, you know, we have. I love the. We have the settee. Mm-hmm. The three. Sit on and the overstuffed chair that Dumbledore plops himself into, and Harry is now very depressed because mm-hmm. he hasn't managed to do away with Voldemort. Nope. He didn't accomplish anything except to get away. I couldn't defeat him. He's gonna figure it out, and and he's gonna win next time. Dumbledore's like, so you're just gonna give up? And Ron is like, he better the hell not. <laughs> <laughs> You almost had him, Harry. I mean, you're 15, and he's, uh, well, old, and <laughs> knows all that stuff, but he's done it for so long, and you almost had him. And Harry is still being depressed, because this is not the sort of race where you want to come in second, but they venture him up some, and Ron mentions all the amazing things that he's done, and Harry's like, yeah, you forgot the wandless fireball. He's like, the what? <laughs> You'll be showing me that later. Well, and the and the whole thing was because Harry fell for the your parents don't want you to be a murderer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fell for it. Yeah, but you won't fall for it again. Yeah, well, because he's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but he must not give up on his honor and compassion and humanity to right. overcome, because then he'll just be just as bad as he is. Oh. But that's just me. Old? Bold. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, yes. And then we finally, it, it, Ron and Hermione finally figured out that the help that they can give Harry is the emotion that they have for each other. Which, right. mm-hmm. that whole, you know. And they're holding hands for a while, and then they notice, and they're like, <laughs> Oops. And Dumbledore just twinkles at him. Oh, no, carry on. There's not enough love in the world. And so they hold hands again, and they're both blushing. But oh yeah, I'm going to blush, but I'm 40. Oh, did I just think that? Nope. <laughs> she just thought that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Really? When yep. I'm 40? Well, you know. Yeah. I think I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was great. Why would you ever want anyone else? So then they're going to talk about Hilaria. because and Hermione offers to have her stay in the 
Gryffindor dormitories because, you know, Pat, Lavender, I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Right. But because they have made Dumbledore already has a plan. Right. And of course, but, he's being sneaky about the whole thing. She really likes her new roommate. And they're like, well, who else could it be? George? No, Dumbledore wouldn't let him get away with that. Um, <laughs> who else could it be? So Dumbledore has changed the guest quarters of So they look exactly Hogwarts. like cottage that she had with her grandmother. And her new roommate is her grandmother. Yep. They, they've oh. brought... They've brought they're briefing her about magic in Spain and they're bringing her over any day now. And apparently, Grandma doesn't bat an eye. Well, you know, mm-hmm. she saw the the magic yeah. that started all of this. She did. Yeah, it would be good for her to have an actual explanation for all that now. So, but they also think Grandma's probably got a little bit of it in herself too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a grandma. They all do. They're magic. <laughs> yeah. All my all grandmas are magic. That is so true. And the one thing we sort of skipped over there is apparently Dumbledore didn't pick up and repair the port key for them while they were on the way because it was an incomparable learning situation for them to figure out they had to do it themselves. Oh, my. He done it the whole time, but he just didn't. (laughs) Oh, brother. Oops. (laughs) I wanted this to be a a learning experience. Oh, gee. Thanks. Not all of you made it. That's learning. <laughs> well, I'm sure if it had really started to fall apart completely, he would have, have done started it up again. Yeah. But I don't know. They realized that they did, in fact, make it all on their own. So they know they can do that now. That's his point. Yeah. Oh, the other, going back to the grandma, because I'm jumping around here, <laughs> is that they're placing her and Valeria in a magical equivalent of witness protection program. And Ron's like, okay, explain for the poor wizard kid, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> she's going to be staying at Hogwarts. And well, I think that's about it. Uh, do you have any further questions? Oh, yeah. Uh, where should I go for my birthday next year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, uh, This isn't Ron? funny, Ron. <laughs> Not the time. Yeah. Oh, and as wonderful as your Patronus is, can you not use it while you're here? Yeah. Just thought I'd reiterate that. And then we have another scene change, and it starts off. (laughs) Frank George. You're getting me all hot and steamed up here. Step away from the mirror. (laughs) The mirror now has an attitude. (laughs) Because Rod has been staring at it for 15 minutes. Actually, no. It's Fred. Fred. Yeah. Fred. Fred, Fred, and his wicked cool scar. Yeah, and mm-hmm. someone to... says, "Yeah, figure out what it looks like." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Fred thinks it looks like a dead cow reclining on a grassy knoll. <laughs> it's like, really? Ew. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's well, a George sexy scar. Thinks... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. <laughs> George says he thinks it's a dead cow, and Fred's like, it is not. If there's any cow at all, it's got to be reclining on a knoll. Right. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, the thing is that once it heals, they can, they can spell it. it away, right? It's not like Harry's curse scar. So um, Ron's getting ready for Quidditch practice while they're, you know, trying to figure out what Fred's wicked cool scar looks like. 
and somebody spots something sticking out of Ron's trunk, and it's the cannon shirt yeah. that Harry was wearing. Well, that Ron cannon. wore for several Ron. days, and then Harry wore right. for mm-hmm. and so they're like, oh, what do you still have that for? And they give him a trouble about it, and he basically throws it away. Oh, right. Uh, who would keep that anyway? Yeah. Right. But then they leave for Quidditch practice, and he hangs behind because he's still got to find his knee pad. Right. And that's not what he's hanging there behind for. He pulls well, it back he's, out. No, he still can't find the knee pad. He doesn't right. know where it is. But then we, the rest of this chapter, most of the rest of this chapter is introspection and other so he thinks about he gets the shirt back out of the bin and he spreads it out on his bed and he thinks about all the stuff that has happened Mm -hmm. to them you know here's where the shirt was burned here it's got sap on it you know here's where it's missing a sleeve here's where it's missing a hem this is why and he's thinking about all this stuff that happened and um, he realizes that you know, this was a coming of age thing for him. Oh yeah. And uh so it was interesting to see this introspective, I think, a bit. Yeah. And then he says, Oh, it must be really dusty here because, you know, my eyes are starting to burn and tingle and Right. I wouldn't be crying. Oh no, that would not be the manly thing to do. Of course not. But he's not gonna throw it away either. Right. So he wraps it up in tissue. And puts it in the very bottom of his trunk because he knows he's he's got it. It's something. This is the adventure on a shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the map. He's just going to keep it. Right. So now he's off to quit it just minus the knee pad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this that he start. He's walking down there, and there's these girls, and they're looking at him and giggling, and totally, yeah. he's they're- totally self conscious. He's like, "Oh no, my fly must be down." Nope, nope, that's okay. Well, maybe my shoes are untied. I'm going to trip. No, my shoes are tied. Oh, somebody must be behind me. And he's like looking at, no, there's nobody behind me. What is wrong with these girls? <laughs> he just doesn't get it. Yeah, and it's him. He's a stupid boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I love this. Hi, Ron. One, one. You just totally hear. One, one. The pink girl blushed even more and turned to hide among the others who immediately began to giggle and twittering among themselves as they continued to watch him walk by. Twitter? No, no, no. We don't Twitter. Wrong Twitter. And as he walks by, he gets kidnapped. Yeah. Somebody grabs him and drags him into a closet that happens to be charmless. Carol number six. Seven. Seven. Number seven, yes. And guess who it is? Hmm. <laughs> Let's think. Uh, Lavender? Yeah. Romilda. Oh, that's nah. it, Romilda. Um, Jimmy! Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Hermione, what are you doing here? Yes. Well, you almost hexed her. Yeah. And she says, well, I was just returning a favor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where in the world have you been? Yeah, your brothers went by an hour ago. Oh, and then she says, I need to tell you something. Mom and Dad are going to be here for the Quidditch game. And then they want to take us to Hogsmeade with them. Just the four of us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, four? Uh... And yeah, this always reminded me of 
Greece. My parents want to come over for tea. Well, I don't like tea. You don't have to drink tea. Well, I don't like parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> has to face the parental talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, come on, you face down, you know who, you fought off the mentors. His pedigree. Oh, he agrees, sort of. It's like parents ask questions. That's worse. Yes. That, what, is it, what was the thing? They're going to ask. You've gotten along fine before. Yes, but that was before. Before you knew they stomped their daughter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? Where do you get these ideas? It's like, I've got brothers. They've warned me. <laughs> Right. <laughs> now think about this minute. Do you ever trust anything your brothers tell you? Come on. So yeah, um, they uh, kind of uh, use the um, they use it for what it's got the reputation for. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. they do. Heavy snogging galore. Um, yeah, cause she, she says you know they'll love you as much as I do. He's like, well, you just can't help yourself. It's, it's yeah. my animal magnetism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we know Trisha's is half asleep because usually she I be, know she'd be growling right there. Sorry, I'm. Yeah, we're almost there. I know <laughs> she's gonna try to stick it out. Come on now. So they're missing. So he now he's missing real practice. He's like, I gotta yeah. go. And Hermione mm-hmm. says, before you go, tell me again. Like he's like tell you what oh yes you know those three words that start with i and end with you start with you and end with me what (laughs) (laughs) she punches him in the arm Hmm. well and apparently they have been sleeping and i mean sleeping as in sleep Mm -hmm. sleeping together and together in their through the connection right and and she's like we gotta stop doing this and he's like um just one more day, and you know he's going to do that every single day. But but just one more day. Yeah, and you know she's it's just, legal. It's not like we're doing anything, and it's not like you're not dressed, and it's not like I can see you. Right. We're just I'm together. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, legal. There aren't enough telepaths in the world for there to be laws about that. Well, you know. And then he says, "Okay." I love you. And she says, all right, one more night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They both make their concessions. Yep. Yeah. And then it was, no longer was he just Ron, a Harry Potter sidekick, nor was he Ronikin's youngest of his well-accomplished brothers, certainly not the Ron who was poor and completely insignificant. Now he was Ron, the excellent player on a superb Quidditch team, Ron, who was entrusted with a special way to stand alongside and defend his best friend through all the trials they would face in the years to come, defeating the Dark Lord. Psychic! Oh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly to him, he was Ron, to whom Hermione had given her heart. Aww. He used to think that all he was just Ron. The only difference was that now, that was enough. Right. The end. The end. Aww. Yay. So what did you all think of the story? I liked it. I it was it. a nice story. Just too much mushiness for me. <laughs> yeah. Miss Trisha had some problems with the soulmate powers, but you know. 
<laughs> yeah, we do need a little Rena with the super soulmate powers. I, well, and it wasn't overly, it wasn't, you know, she didn't reach through and then blast the Dementors with her super soulmate powers, but, you know. No. It's a little odd. I mean, it's, they bring it out of nowhere in particular, but it's, it comes up relatively naturally. It's not like they are three months into the school year and Hermione kisses him once and all of a sudden they have powers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Well, and it really was, uh, he, this was a, how long? I mean, he started having this happen to him at the beginning of the school year. Yeah, it took mm-hmm. the whole year to work Seven it through. Weird yeah. So you're talking over a six-month period. Building. How fast does puberty arrive? It was there was a build up there. So that wasn't it wasn't that whole, you know, Hermione kissed him once and all of a sudden <laughs> Ron can crack the sky. <laughs> Change the orbit of the moon. <laughs> he can change a light bulb. <laughs> we need to get him a cape. Wait a minute. <laughs> Got an orange head with a logo on it. Deadly orange. And a great big C <laughs> for champions. <laughs> SR Super Ron. Oh, yeah. But no, they did well with that. And the plot was interesting and fun. There were. It was interesting to what was different from the successive books and what. She, she managed to have pretty much match. Mm-hmm. And the Dementors were a lot different in this than they are in most things. Yeah. Because I guess we only knew the little bit about them from year three. And having them be able to inhabit someone's mind was certainly a little weird, but it worked out well. The whole yeah, I thought it did. Voldemort and Snake Valeria body thing was just creepy weird. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that's that was the ooh factor quite a bit actually. But but uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. You heard me say this several weeks ago, a month ago, that um, this story was one that I was one of the first stories that I read, and I actually read this one and two others based on the artwork that was by. Marta at Art Art Dungeon. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's what actually got me into fanfic. And I blame a friend of mine for that because she kept sending me uh, art links. Look, look at this picture. Look at this picture. And that's what turned me on to fan fiction. So, you know, it's all her fault. Um, Good for her. (laughs) Yay! Yeah. And yeah, but this was this was one of the pieces of artwork that I went, Oh look, there's a link to something on here. Let's click it. <laughs> Ooh, shiny link. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I read this right after Deathly Hallows came out. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. There were some interesting logical leaps, but not too many of them. And most of her new stuff that she introduced was given enough background to work. Mm-hmm. Like the orb had this interesting legend that was about around it. And the reason we've never heard of it is because it was a legend for years and years. And Valeria isn't a Mary Sue. She's mm-hmm. just a yeah. original character. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we read it. Yeah, yeah me too. Trish? Yep. You still awake? <laughs> yep. Still awake. 
She's awake enough. She's awake enough for one-word answers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Awake enough for one-word answers. <laughs> Trisha, do you have anything to add? No, I mean it, it was very good. I I enjoyed it. Like you said, um, the things that had was original had had a story and had enough information behind it to make it logical, and that's what I like. I hate mm-hmm. when they just kind of some authors just throw it in there. You're like, why is that? But this was at least well, it was well thought out. So mm-hmm. it was super soulmate powers activate with a reason behind super yeah. soulmate powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't really soulmate powers because no. they're just Ron's powers. They're just Ron. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Super soulmate powers. Yes, I'm. I'm not that much of a person that likes the really, really, really mushy stuff. So that was a little. Like, I, I probably could have skipped that one chapter. Mm-hmm. The power oh, of I, love um, dissolving things. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I could have skipped that chapter. And occasionally wanting to beat Harry over the head, but I mean that happens. In- <laughs> Canon, so well, Harry is very angsty anyway. So, and and he's known for his going back and forth between being a regular kid and being, you know, thrown into the doldrums, for lack of a better phrase. So, but I enjoyed it, and I hope everybody else did. And I hope you all that are listening to us have enjoyed listening to us blather on about it and go off on tangents that it may or may not end up in the podcast. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if we had all our tangents in here, you'd still be listening to our first podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I literally cut that in half. We recorded five hours and we got it down wow. to one and a half. <laughs> well, and we've done really well the last couple of weeks because it's only been like two and two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And we've had like tangents on baseball and the artificial sweetener. and. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, well, you know. It happens. fun. But um, if anybody has any uh, comments or observations that you want to send us that we can put on the air, send us a voicemail. Um, I think Sue, Sue, I think, what is your email? Sue at ducksfoot at potterfootweekly.com. So, there you go. And you can or send them to Sue. The you can drop by the forum and or PM me or, or Scott or anybody and uh, let us know what you think. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Always glad to have comments and things. So. Sue, are we going to see if we can interview the author? Why, yes, Kelly. That interview will be attached to the end of this podcast. So next week, we're going to start with a new story um, by... We're not entirely sure what it is yet, but I guess you'll find out. No, it'll be... <laughs> no, it's Away we're gonna... From the Sun by Andy. By, yeah, by HG Fan Eleven Eleven. She also goes by different names on um, Live Journal. But this was a this was a fix. Sue and Kelly have been trying to get me to read for months, months now. <laughs> I've been trying to get Melinda to read it, but she won't read it because well, she won't read it. Um, she has started it and has already PM'd me and has signed up to be on the podcast. So That's she's wonderful. Really liking it. So, and we'll yeah, talk about it more next time. The yeah. next several weeks. Yeah. We'll cover that. We're going to be covering that. That one's actually a 28 chapter and it's, a, it's going to be at least four episodes. So, so I guess we're finished for the week. Um, thank you all for tuning in and listening to us yatter on again about this fic. Again, we were covering points of no return by night Zephyr. It is available on sugar quill as well as, fanfiction.net again if you have any comments or questions please you know contact Sue or PM us on the forum 
mm-hmm. at potterfickforum.com. And, or just um, stop by the podcast thread. Yep, that too. And uh, so I guess the bird finished for the evening. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Here, as promised, is our interview with Enzi, or Night Zephyr, the author of Points of No Return. She has not heard the podcast that's attached to this before the interview. So if she mentions things that we have talked about here or... Whatever, you'll know why. Enjoy. We just got some hockey news. Apparently, we just fired our head coach. Nice. I don't know what's going on with the revolving door with the head coaches of the professional teams in St. Louis. But, you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) That's two out of three. So... And the third one doesn't look like he's going to keep his job much longer since we're one in six right now. So, Ah, yeah. Yeah, Hmm. that's... Usually a record like that doesn't bode well for your future. He is 9-31 and 31 on his career here in St. Louis. Wow. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I have a very strong suspicion that he won't survive to see either 10-31 and 31 or 9-32. and 32. <laughs> So, yeah, that's fun. So, so your husband's voting for Pittsburgh, is that right, rooting? Yeah, my husband's rooting. from Pittsburgh. Okay. Tricia says so if he wants anything from Pittsburgh, just let her know. Awesome. Because that's, where, right. that's, that's where Tricia lives, is Pittsburgh. Tricia is oh, in Pittsburgh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's sitting out there in his, his Ben Roethlisberger jersey, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we just let... Let him alone out there watching his football. <laughs> so we always yeah. have a lot of fun with, with Trish and, and, and Oliver's girl on the podcast because if there's hockey on, every so often we'll hear a, a shriek because, you know, penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Something's happened. Yeah. That makes, yeah. Sense. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, we go through that too. Hockey season. But see, and, yeah, I do a little that bit too. of University like, of Pittsburgh stuff. I, I'm in St. Louis, so we have baseball seasons. My dangerous period. So, ah, mm-hmm. we just got through that. Okay. Yeah, we're just done with baseball. So, <laughs> yeah, I just got through the series. Yep, cool. That was fun. Got to go. Oh yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. I I got to go to game one, and um, it was raining and forty huh. degrees, and <laughs> yeah, it felt a lot like baseball weather then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not. It, <laughs> More like football weather, but <laughs> it was fun. But to see the World Series, yeah, you put up with a lot. So that's yeah. cool. Well, you know, it was very cool. So, well, <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight. This is Thank a, you for the uh, invite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a, 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 a an off day for us, which is fine. It's, there's no problems with that. We as like, long as uh, baseball season's over. Yeah, as long <laughs> as baseball season's over. Because we couldn't podcast two weeks ago because... I had to watch a baseball game. (laughs) (laughs) And then last week was, of course, Halloween. So, um, yeah, the day before Halloween. So it was a good time. Uh, I'm I'm from Southern California. So I'm I'm basically at home. Hmm. I started out closer to Los Angeles and just kept moving east. But and now I'm up in the mountains. Um, Just nice. Yeah. Lovely up here. Did you get thunderstorms today? Uh, We did. And we got snow. Yeah, because I heard L.A. had storms coming and going. Um, Stephen yeah. uh, um, Stephen Collins tweets, and he he took pictures of storm clouds. Yeah. I've only been to L.A. once. Um, yeah, that was in uh, nineteen ninety one, 
And I actually came in for a William Shatner fan club convention, which was fun. Yeah. 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 They have a lot, a lot of conventions. Comic-Con. Yeah. It was Hollywood and then they have them in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So that's all kind of one big happy happy group now. They don't they you can't really separate Los Angeles and, and San Diego anymore because they're all connected with city. So mm-hmm. right, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're looking at the signs, you, you're really not going to know the difference. We, yeah, we I grew actually, up in uh, Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that yeah, smaller town. Yes, right. We had our first oh, big boy. snow today. Uh, we had oh. one earlier this week where it, it snowed in the morning and by noon it was gone. But um, today it was snowing when I woke up and it was still snowing at three when we were coming home. And, uh, oh, my. Yeah. So, so, so it, it, it'll probably a, stick. Is it, is it sticking? Well, some of it's melting, I think. But last I was able to see there was still snow on the ground. It's dark now, so I can't mm-hmm. tell. We had a dusting um, southwest of us, about um, maybe 100 miles, Rolla, Missouri, had uh, a dusting of snow a couple of days ago, which is pretty early for us. So, But, uh, yeah, we had more fun with the earthquake last night, though, than we had with the snow. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had any of those. I heard about that. That's uh, I was on the phone with Sue. <laughs> I hear this yell across the room. We're having an earthquake. We're <laughs> kidding. I had I had just gone into the bathroom and and uh, had <laughs> just sat down and the room went and I was like, holy crap! What's that? <laughs> I know and, that's, uh, that's the natural disaster we usually claim as our own. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, and it was. I live four hundred miles from Oklahoma City, and and, and I felt it. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, It was 45 miles west of our east of Oklahoma City. And I live just about exactly 400 miles from OKC. So I'm like, Sue, Sue, we had an earthquake, had an earthquake. And Sue's like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, but nobody's saying anything. And I went over to Twitter and it was like, oh, my God, there was an earthquake. Did you feel that? And I was like, yes. Okay. I'm not losing my mind. We did have an earthquake. Well, and the fun part is one of our junior podcasters is just starting college this year. She's from Las Vegas, and she's in Oklahoma going to college. So it was her first earthquake. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Yeah, you'd think she would have had experienced it out here first. Oh, yeah. And Vegas, you'd think Vegas would have some earthquakes. Um, Vegas is pretty far away from the West Coast. Relatively speaking, I mean, yeah, they they feel ours sometimes. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of rock between them and the and the coast. <laughs> mm, that's true. Yeah. You know, so, but and and a lot of the stuff on the coast that you know in Los Angeles and Southern California, um, they're they're fairly deep earthquakes. Mm-hmm. So they're catastrophic for a small area, but you don't feel them over large areas. The one that we had in Oklahoma was only three miles deep, and which is relatively shallow, and it's in the middle of the continental plate. So a very large number of people felt this 5.6 that we had. Well, and, and 5.6 is fairly, I mean, you can feel that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not something to go, oh, yeah, it was an earthquake. I mean, exactly. we have the, the fault system just to the south of us here, and... It's very, we get 
twos and threes and ones a lot. We get a lot of ones, and nobody ever see nobody ever fills them. But you know, you get a three point nine, and it's like, what was that? Was that a truck that drove by? You know. But yeah, it was. This was like the house moved. Hey, I remember this feeling. <laughs> this is my second earthquake. <laughs> uh, you don't know what earthquakes are. No. Well, the second, the first one was a five point four, and it was a hundred and twenty miles away, and I, it, I was already awake and. It went on for the ground moved for a good thirty seconds. Mm. It was that was remarkable. So, <laughs> so let's get started. I'm sorry. We 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 have a very very bad habit of tangents. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm telling you, you never would have caught that. It's to the author, not my fellow. Cohort here. I think that the title for next the next podcast, at least for the second half, because we're releasing a double header, one thirty one and one thirty two, uh, is going to be we're way off topic or something. Because what else is new? Because I'm not in it. You, it's you guys, you and Trish and Scott, and you guys are all over the board. You talk about NutraSuite for twenty minutes. <laughs> And then there's the naked, oh, wait, he had his underwear on, baseball player. And, you know, and I'm just listening to it going, Did I talk about that? No, I no, didn't that. No, that was Trisha. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a, an interesting. And then adult beverages. And, yeah. That's not unusual. We like adult beverages. Yes, we do. <laughs> they I keep like starting out by listing all the things they're drinking, and I have to go, um, water. <laughs> <laughs> I have water, but I have a really large thing of hot chocolate here too, so it's just yum. Yeah, so it's not cold should... here. It just needs. I just needed chocolate. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. That's understandable. And welcome back to Potterfield Weekly. Uh, we are here tonight with an author interview, so you will hear a, a different name in the lineup. I'm Sue. I'm Kelly. I'm Scott. I'm Lisa. Yay! And AKA Lisa. Knight Zephyr, who wrote the. Story we've just been covering, at least if you're listening in order. Which is Points of No Return. And I can claim this one. Yay! (laughs) Yay! I'll show you too. Thank you. (laughs) This was me. Um, A little little background on where this selection came from. I swore that I was not going to read Harry Potter fan fiction after I finished the books because I had been involved in Stargate fandom, and I wasn't ready for another fandom. I just didn't want to. No, no, don't make me. And then a friend of mine sent me some artwork and said, oh, look at this pretty, pretty shinies. So I went and looked, and two of the pieces of artwork had links to fiction that was um, where the artwork was based, and one of them uh-huh. was the story. <laughs> And uh, that would be Art Dungeon, I think, was the one who, was that Marta that, that yes. drew that? And that beautiful I, picture. Yes. And this was actually <laughs> the second, either the first one or the second one that I, I think this was the first fanfic, Harry Potter fic that I read. And it was like, okay, now I have to find more. <laughs> so... So when we had the opportunity to say, what do you want to review? I said, let's do this one. <laughs> so this is, this is on me. <laughs> That's right. and thank you very much for picking it. Yep. <laughs> it was great fun. 
It was. I would um, think you too. I, <laughs> Definitely. I was a. Uh, I was much more a Ron Hermione shipper than I was a Harry J shipper for a long time. So now that I'm kind of neck and neck. So yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> and there's not a lot of, for some strange reason, there is not a lot of good Ron Hermione fanfic that I have been able to find. No. This probably because I read this one first and nothing else could measure up, but you know, <laughs> where you where you set your bar, uh, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> you have to go from there. Well, so. Thank you. <laughs> I like that, but you know, makes it tough for the other people. <laughs> this was uh, this is a really mm-hmm. fun story to read mm-hmm. because you you all got to the what's going to happen next and you know, it was one of those, oh, my God, it's 4.30 in the morning, and I have to be at work at 8, and I'm still reading. Ugh. So, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah I've had a few, a few people play, and I was up for like two days, three days reading this. Thanks a lot. You know, they're all upset. Like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really didn't mean for it to be this long. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we like those long ones. I originally <laughs> did this on Sugar Quill, and it is now available on fanfiction.net, along with some other stories. Yeah. Um, but this was fun. <laughs> it was yeah. fun. Yeah. This one, I was like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it was, it was so fun to write. It really was. And I was really surprised. I wrote the, the first nine chapters in a vacuum. In other words, I didn't have any feedback at all. And then I, I put it on uh, Sugar Quill and um, started to get people reading it. And, and then it was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I couldn't stop. That made it lots of fun. So, yeah, I kind of played off some of the readers as far as things that happened and stuff. But, but yeah, that, that made it lots of fun to write. It took a long time. It took me two years. How many times did you have people asking if the the girl was related to Voldemort? Valeria. 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 Uh, a couple of times. Not that often, really. But, yeah, a couple of times with that one. Yeah, um, being... a, a few people thought she was related to Harry, too. I got that question, I think, as much as with Voldemort. They thought I was going to bring in, you know, Harry's cousin Valeria from... <laughs> I'm like, how would that happen? But yeah, her his long lost Spanish sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was another Evans sister who moved to Spain and got disowned. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one of them got around. I don't know which one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, the it was the, very uh, fun. the way that she Not was because of Valeria. Uh, ah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm just. I was just going to say the way that she was affected by what happened was very inventive mm-hmm. and uh, and believable actually when it comes to magic you know but yeah i thought that was uh, that was pretty cool well thank you i mean not that she not that she lost her parents but yeah i thought that 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 was uh plausible in the magical world it was a, an interesting twist yeah it was kind of it was kind of strange when i when I was thinking of the story and I got the idea for it because Goblet of Fire I think had come out only about three or four months before I started to write that and I knew I wanted to write something, but yeah, I had gotten the idea for for Valeria as a little girl with this happening to her and then her trying to deal with it mm-hmm. you know for the for the rest of her life or well you know twenty years nineteen years whatever and just because I've always liked playing with 
like the the muggle world and the magical world trying to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of why I decided to to pick her, I think. And she just kind of came to me and told me her story, basically. Well, that's great. And one of the questions that um, I've written down, it actually came from Ryan, who's our, our creator, was mm-hmm. how did this story change from your original thoughts about it? So as you were, as it was evolving, did it change a lot or did it pretty much follow the course that you had set? Uh, well, other than the fact that it was 12 chapters when it started (laughs) (laughs) and it ended up 33. Yeah. I'd say it changed a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually what happened was this is, this was supposed to be my, I mean, I, I have an idea for like an original series kind of thing. And one of my my characters, one of my main characters in that is very much like Ron. This was kind of like my test to see if anybody would ever really read my stuff. And so I thought, well, I'll just write something. I haven't written in a long time because I wrote when I was in high school, but then I just got busy doing other stuff and I just never went back to it. And so I thought, well, I'll just write something and see if anyone reads it. And so I just kind of sketched out this little like 12 chapter story and it ended up probably including all of the things that were in the 12 chapters that I started with, but it certainly had a little embe- embellishment in the meantime <laughs> that, uh, that turned it into 33 chapters. But I ended up having so much fun with it. Like I said, it was kind of my test novel to see if I could, could actually make myself write one. And, and I was, you know, playing with like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this later on, I've got to set it up now. And, you know, I would get to a point where I was like, oh, man, I should have set that up before, you know, things like that, that I hadn't ever dealt with before. And so it probably changed. And it changed a little bit, I think, also because of the readers. I didn't really go along with everything they suggested or that they wanted to see happen. But mm. things like, um, you might notice that there are a few more cliffhangers at the end of the chapters toward the end of the story mm-hmm. because, I don't know, acted like oh. they wanted me to make these like cliffhangers. And then they go, oh, you made this cliffhanger. It was terrible. I couldn't wait. Until you... But uh, but in the meantime, you know, they, they thought it was pretty cool. So it probably changed it in that way. But I don't know if it really changed the actual story itself that I was trying to tell. Okay. So do you feel like it was more, you went from a novel or a storytelling, you know, as a, as a novel form into a more of a serial form? Is that what you, is that what you mean? Because there was cliffhangers on the ends of chapters and, and things like that. More episodic um, than novel? Probably, but the, the actual novel structure was still there the whole time. Okay. You know, the actual story that I was trying to tell, I think I think I kept that pretty much you know, set up the way that it had been originally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I know I kept working through that that twelve page outline that I had <laughs> while I was making it thirty three. But yeah, the problem was that was like for each chapter I had you know maybe a page and a half of notes, something like that. It would take me three or four chapters to actually write it out and make it happen, make all of those things happen. Right. Well, that makes sense though. And so have you worked on your original story since then, since this? I have scads of notes, <laughs> lots and lots and lots of notes. 
But um, aside from that, I haven't officially started it because I'm going to have to do some Renaissance research and that sort of thing. Mm. So I'm going to I'm going to be doing that. But until work behaves better and gives me more time to deal with it, it's probably not going to happen soon. So unfortunately, just keeps yeah. Away. yeah. It's just it's too bad done. that we actually have to make money. <laughs> I know, oh, darn. Like, <laughs> I know. It's really irritating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eats all your time. Coming, up there. coming from someone who, who would like to like do nothing but do background research into my local area and haven't had time to do it for like the last, oh, I don't know, eight years. I totally understand that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> wow. You're going, look, I've got this great idea. What'd you give me the idea for if I can't do anything with it? <laughs> yeah. Get irritated with myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you have you have nine stories that are on fanfiction.net, and um, they're for Harry Potter. Uh, mm-hmm. Which of these was the first one? Was this one the first one? Um, did, did you jump into the, to the 250,000-word mode right away, or did you use the short stories first? Yeah, I wrote a short story first. Uh, Destiny, oh gosh, I can't even remember the name of them. This is terrible, but this was like, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I know I just wrote that one as like, it was a, some sort of a, a challenge, a fiction challenge on Sugar Quill. And again, it was just like, uh, nobody's going to read my writing, you know, that kind of thing. So I wrote it and, and I got some good feedback on it. So I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a try. Do and I remember sitting editing? down and writing. The, sorry, what? I'm sorry. Do you, do you do your own editing or do you have someone else do it for you? I do my own. Okay. Yeah. I was a beta on Sugar Quill for a long time, so <laughs> <laughs> I think it's built in. I've got one of those brains that, you know, if I see something misspelled in the newspaper, it makes me crazy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and in the meantime, makes everyone else crazy that, you know, it makes me crazy. I know how that works. <laughs> it's like, big deal. <laughs> Some people are wondering about that. I'm one of the people that if I'm reading a story and there's a word misspelled in the first paragraph, it turns me off for the rest of the fic. It's like, you know, if you can't figure that out in the first 25 words, there's going to be a problem. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. May not get much I'm a better. More lenient about it. it takes a few before it mm. starts to become a pattern. But yeah, <laughs> and it depends on the story too. Some of them have really good stories with just a persistent mistake that they keep making that bugs me. But the story itself is good enough. I'll keep going. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, it's just a sign that. They're not that great at writing generally, so you know. Yeah, and it's when they have that one word that they misspell all the time. Kind of like me, I always have words like that. Quidditch, you know. <laughs> Put the A in it. Scott's like Sue. It's an I. All right. Now I have words that I type like that, and every time I type it, it's wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. birthday! I cannot the type the. birthday. I always mix the letters up. <laughs> I have to retype it twice every single time. Even if I'm thinking about it, I can't type it right. My fingers have a mind of their own. Mm-hmm. I understand uh, that. Mine, mine is because it always comes out B E C U A. Yeah, it no, that's mm-hmm. really irritating. <laughs> I have the same problem with the word the. It comes out te. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe they just made the keyboard wrong. Maybe it's not us. There you go. <laughs> Could be. Yep. I think it's a second or first world problem, actually. But you know, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way that you type. I don't know. Now, you've written these nine stories for Potter, and you've been working on your other one that you've got pages of notes on. Mm-hmm. Do you aspire to be a professional writer? Do you, do you want to be the next Nora Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if someone would pay me to, be, to write, I'd, I'd be all for that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> As long as they'd let me write what I wanted to, which I mean, sometimes I don't think that goes well either. But, but um, yeah, no, I I would love to be paid for that. That's what I always, without giving away my age, I always tell my, I teach third grade. And just suffice it to say that I am not one of the younger teachers there. But yeah, I'm always telling my third graders that I want to be a writer when I grow up. And they just look at me oddly. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the the years. It's the uh, mental age, not the physical. And the third graders keep you about that age. You know, in preschool, we've come up with the plan that you get to add your two numbers together, and that's your age. Cool. Ah. So I'm 10 this year. There you go. (laughs) I guess that would make me a fifth grader. And and I guess... That would make me a kindergartner. <laughs> See how this works? It's a great thing. <laughs> Scott's older than I am. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great one. Wow. I think I'd be in there with Sue. I think I'd be 10 this year as well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> I think that it works. works. <laughs> Do you write in other fandoms or just Harry Potter? Uh, just Harry Potter is all I've written in. Actually, though, I take that back, and I think, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I think it's Sue that will probably like this answer. I actually wrote Star Trek fanfic when I was 14, <laughs> mm-hmm. something like that. It was, I mean, there was not fanfic. But it was oh. one of those things where we had Fanzine. a notebook, and I had a group of friends that, that we all liked to write. And we had this notebook, and we passed it from one to the other, and we all, like, added a part. And then, you know, the next person had to add into that. And wow, it was the awesome. ultimate Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, but it was fun. That was kind of where I picked up, you know, a lot of writing tips, I guess, or, you know, kind of help from other friends and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I did that when I was like junior high, I guess, into early high school and then did just kind of general writing in high school. But then I had a big gap until I hit Harry Potter. Yeah, I kind of did that. I wrote, I was a, an emergency fan. So I wrote emergency fanfic huh. when I was young and then journaled for a while. And then there was a, a big thing that happened and, I journaled that, and I couldn't journal anymore. And it wasn't until I joined the the forum and kind of got into the Harry Potter that I started doing. And I don't do a lot, but I do the sorting hat stuff and and things like that. So I I keep my hand in. But Yeah, you write some good things. I have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same for me. I wrote little stories and things in elementary school, and... That was pretty much it until I'd been 
reading Harry Potter stuff for a while, and then I wrote a few picklets and stuff like that. And yeah, but but you started reading Harry Potter when you were what, fifteen? Just about thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, because I got the first I got the first three books for Christmas one year, and by mm-hmm. the time I got through them, I was um, I was the age that Harry was, and that worked for the next year because I got. Couple of fire, and then there was a giant gap, and it didn't work anymore. But, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! When people were writing, I know that they had a, a big drop off. With you'd have a gap between the books, and people would ramp up, and you'd see more and more and more fanfic, and then the book would come out, and then it would be like dead because all the people who had been writing. They just all of a sudden became AUs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> Which yeah. you did really well in yours, because there's a lot of stuff that wasn't out yet that you got pretty good. You hit the nail on the head for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned well, a few of those in the podcast. Mm-hmm. That probably surprised me as much as it does anyone. I know... Well, just like there was the boy who lived, there was the fic that wasn't. But I I did have a sequel planned for Points of No Return. And it probably would have been just as long as as Points. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. um, I never got it written. But the oh. thing is, it's I'm kind of glad that I didn't. Because for all of the things that I got right in Points of No Return, I had probably more of them right in the sequel. Because by the time we got to uh, Half-Blood Prince, I knew that in the sequel to Points, which would have been not, you know, a fifth-year fic, it would have been sixth-year, Dumbledore died. I mean, only a handful of people know this because these were just kind of my writer friends, and I let them take a look at my notes and say, well, you know, this is what I'm thinking about writing, and, you know, what do you think of this? And, And the fic never got written, although there were, you know, bunches of pages of notes about it. Hermione and Ron kind of split up and Hermione had a boyfriend and, you know, a la with the McLagan or whatever, yeah. even though he wasn't really a boyfriend, but you know, anyway, <laughs> and Ron ended up with a girl who was um, on the Quidditch team. Cause he was on the Quidditch team by that time. And then, but of course in the end they got back together. Of course. <laughs> there was that. And like I said, and Dumbledore died and Draco, he got the dark mark. And he was trying to recruit other people into the ranks sort of thing, like other people that he thought were worthy of their Slytherins. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people no, after... Draco, not, not Draco with the dark, Mark. Oh, no, don't say that. Little Draco. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people with my, I know, just wrote me and said, wow, that was weird. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. I yeah, think so, too. I think we compared you to Melinda Leo, who... In her seventh Horcrux, got a bunch of stuff right on right before the last book came out. So that's high yeah. praise from us. Thank oh, you uh, to Melinda Leo. <laughs> Thank you, then. <laughs> I'll have well, to now, read that. I'm going to yeah. write that down. You said that only a few people knew. Well, now you'll have 900 other people that will know as well. <laughs> well, I think that's why I, I never really felt like I needed to go back and a lot of people wanted to update their, once they were AU, they wanted to update it and make everything canon, but I couldn't do that because I, well, I couldn't kill off Sirius for one thing. 
Hmm. Well, I and I She's disagree with story. with people doing that, you know, because yeah, I understand that they want their story to be compliant, but you know, they wrote those before it was known that they weren't compliant. Mm-hmm. So, so stand by them. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with AU. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> no, not at all. It depends on the fact. Some of them are close enough that um, you know, changing a couple names around or inserting Kingsley somewhere or whatever doesn't really make much of a difference, and they might as well right. if they feel mm-hmm. better that way. But the ones that very obviously take out one character and put in, you know, say Tonks, because we hadn't seen her before, and it's jarring mm-hmm. because it's like, no, she's not supposed to be in this story. Um, <laughs> something's wrong with us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's interesting to see how things. There are quite a few stories out there that had a lot of things right, which is, it, it could be good or it could be bad. It depends on how Joe wants to look at it. It's like, okay, was I obvious or was I not obvious? Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah, I think I to know. some extent, the way that the stories were written, the way that she wrote the stories, I should say. And if you're following the story arc, it can only go one of a few different ways. You know, it kind of eliminates Mm -hmm. some possibilities just via the way that she wrote it. And so for that reason, I think that's probably why, you know, a few of the things seemed like they were obvious, like the mind magic thing. To me, it just made sense that that was going to happen. Did you see the, was it this week or last week? There was a something Joe was talking about writing and she was going to kill Ron off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you see that yeah he was, he was she almost wrote him off what was it in it wasn't goblet it must have been in uh the the fifth book yeah. in order mm-hmm. and it probably would have been in the ministry of man she had done that but i think she was right. getting tired of him for some reason or i don't know what was going on but yeah, yeah. well she said you know. she was in a dark place at that point so Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of there was help, a lot yeah. of fandom stuff. I'm sorry, I'm talking right over Scott. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We're all used to it. <laughs> we do it to each other all the time. It's actually an inherent problem with Skype, so lag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have any idea if this is what she was talking about or not, but about that time and actually that's in a way why I wrote points was because there was a lot of fandom stuff going on with Ron at that time. And he, he was always my favorite character. For some reason, I could just relate to Ron so well. And Harry, I was like, not so much. <laughs> but I remember that there was a lot going on in the fandom about them talking about that Ron was going to go to the dark side. After mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire, they talked about him being you know, crazy jealous and he was going to be a wife beater when he grew up. These were just like, you know, little, just different parts of the fandom. It wasn't the whole thing. But there was some really, like, kind of weird stuff. I mean, off-the-wall things going on about Ron. And when I heard Joe Rowland say that the other day, what I thought was odd was she said that she almost killed him off because she was in a dark place. But then, at least they wouldn't be able to have him anymore. And I was like, now that was a weird thing to say. But I'm hmm. wondering if maybe it wasn't from some of what was going on in the fandom and I could be dead wrong. <laughs> oh, yes, that could be true. I mean, there, <laughs> this fandom has been through so many ups and downs. You know, Stargate fandom, I think all fandoms do this, but it's just, it was really obvious with Harry Potter because it was global. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> 
wasn't just one know, or two people arguing about it, yeah. No, it was thousands of people arguing about it. Right. I, I mean, yeah. It, and then one faction of the fandom, you know, attacking another faction of the fandom. is like, really, guys? This is a book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a book we all love, but there, there is time to pull back a little. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another reason I wanted to write that and kind of show the Ron that was living in my head, I guess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And he was nothing like that. You know, so I sort of wanted to show the show the world that that was the way he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, be. One of the reasons we like this fic so much is because we have Ron, who is he's still Ron. He has his emotional outbursts, and he's a boy in certain ways, and, um, and he's he occasionally runs into things that he has no idea what's going on. But he's also <laughs> competent and has his own skills and. Certain things he only he can do, and all this sort of stuff. So it makes him a more complex and a, a nicer character to read. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, thanks. That's what I was aiming for, but I also needed to make sure that he didn't overshadow Harry because I didn't want that to happen. You know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm the one who's you know the chosen one, and <laughs> I didn't. Rod Weasley is here like... to save the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which at that age maybe he would have wanted. I don't know, but yeah, there was that, and I and I didn't want him to be. I mean, I know I wanted him to have like the telepathy, but and you know to have a special power that he could use to help them. But on the other hand, I didn't want him to be you know superpower Ron. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to do that. You didn't want him Just to be a Ron Sue? No, not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, that was before I even knew what a Sue was. So. Yeah. That's part of the reason, well, one possible reason why it worked so well, I think, is because you were a little bit earlier than some of the things kind of got overboard, so it didn't immediately turn people off that there was a random girl from Spain in the story. And then if you read up for two chapters or whatever, you realize she's a real character and it's worth going on with. Whereas uh, if this was written after the giant glut of Mary Sue's from all over the place, uh, it might have been harder for people to get into. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Valeria wasn't there to save the day and to save Harry and and she wasn't the most beautiful and most talented and, you know, could speak 15 different languages. She wasn't that character, yeah. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> you know, yeah, she exactly. was a real person. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it was, she had a tough life. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on in her life and not a yeah, very she soon. didn't have it. No, she did not have it easy <laughs> at any point, even, even probably after everything that went on with her in points. I don't think she probably had it easy even after that. I mean, at least she was involved in the, well, I, I guess I should not give away the end. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I'm not no, you sure can't, what it's it'll be oh, okay. attached to the last one. Oh, okay. All righty. But even afterwards, you know, when Dumbledore kind of tries to get her set up and things, I think it would be really, you know, not as difficult as it would have been before, but still, she's going to be different. You know, she's still going to be different. She's going to have a lot of therapy to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that> way. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they have wizard therapists. I'm sure they probably do it some somewhere along the line. But... People have argued that pretty much all of these kids should probably spend months in therapy after some of these books. <laughs> but... really? I guess, yeah, exactly. It's probably true. <laughs> so, like, oh, so you... Okay, Harry. Uh... See you. See you next summer. Uh, bye. <laughs> Same time next week? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs>
Mm. <laughs> so you've read and written Harry Potter, and you've mm-hmm. written Star Trek. What else yes. fandom or genre interest uh, do you have? Really? Who do you, who do you read? Who do I read? Um, let's see. I almost got into writing uh, Philip Pullman um, fanfic, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the Philip Pullman trilogy, his Dark Materials. Dark Materials, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a while back. Um, other than that, really not too much other than leaning on my own my own stuff. But that's it's mostly, it's, it's going to be, it, it's young adult stuff. It's about the same genre as, as Harry Potter would be. Mm-hmm. I suspect. I imagine the I, same I thought leadership. It was, I thought it was really funny, and um, I follow several pro authors on Twitter, and mm-hmm. one of the pro authors that I follow apparently watches America's Next Top Model and <laughs> watched an episode of it and then wanted to write fanfic. And I was like, you're a pro author writing fanfic <laughs> about a TV show. Wow. Wow, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, really? <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> I don't know if there was another one that you were interested in or not? <laughs> no, other than the Star Trek, and that was, and of course, at the time there was, well, there were books naturally, but but Fancy. there was. The yeah, pre- there were no, there was no yeah. internet or anything. So, <laughs> I I have many, and I'm obviously showing my age as well. I have many, many fanzines from Star Trek from the early '80s and the late '80s. Yeah, um, so I understand that. I do. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of Star Trek Trekkies. Uh huh. We had to have our obligatory, you know, mention. Yeah, we usually have to stick Star Trek in somewhere. <laughs> it's all Brian's fault. It's an unwritten rule. It's got to be in there somewhere. No, I've noticed Sorry. it was in a few of the episodes, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Didn't bother me, of course, because I'd already, you know, been a trekkie. So, <laughs> so that's yeah, all. We reference various different things, sometimes inappropriately, but you know, it sort of goes all over the place. Yeah, us inappropriate. Never, <laughs> never, ever. Well, you've had exposure to the readers, obviously, in the Sugar Quill forums and on fanfiction.net. I mean, there's 640 reviews on fanfiction.net. So, yeah, I think there are people that were responding over there as well. Um, <laughs> do you consider yourself, I don't know, how do I put this? I consider myself a reader, obviously, because I'm not a writer. I edit myself out of existence when I try to write. Are you a fan of any other fanfic authors in the Harry Potter group? Yeah, I've got a few. Well, actually, a few of them are my friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> that good. I talk to that we have to find our way, find our way through our fanfics and whatever else. <laughs> but um, yeah, Silver Phoenix on fanfiction.net. And of course, Arabella and Zenya mm-hmm. um, from Sugar Quill and Sunshine Daisies. Who at one point was a was um, one of the the council, I guess it is, on checkmated, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I, I still keep in touch with some of them. They were always good at giving me feedback. I mean, we would send each other pieces of, oh, look what I wrote. What do you think? Do you think I should do this? And yeah, we used to do that back and forth. And the thing was, there were a few people though. I didn't read loads of fan fiction, and I think one of the reasons was because I didn't want to inadvertently bring someone else's, you know, plagiarize. Mm-hmm. Right. 
even if I, you know, did it inadvertently, I didn't want to like bring other people's ideas into my story. And I thought, well, if I don't even read them, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and if all I work right. from is canon, then even if I do go ahead and include something in a story that you know, turns up somewhere else, at least I'll know that I did it honestly. Right. Right. And that's why, you know, you always see a lot of authors that will say, no, I don't want to read anything. Don't don't give me story ideas. J. Michael Straczynski used to go out of his way to say, don't send me anything. I don't <laughs> want to read anything because I don't want to incorporate accidentally. Cause somebody accused him of doing that at one point and he got yeah. sued. And it was like, uh, no, this was my idea. No, I thought of it first. You read it. I know you read it. And, you know, and it was one of those, one of those oops things, you know, right. you don't realize you're doing it. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Although those can get really ugly because, I mean, an idea is. An well, idea. Well, it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it may or may not be, you know, exclusively yours. You can't really, you know, always say that. But. Right. There have been all sorts of instances of people inventing things in completely different countries at nearly the same time and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like penicillin, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. yeah, exactly. People working on the same thing at the same time, coming to the same conclusion. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, really? So big. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, so do so, you still read a lot of fan fiction of various kinds, or are you more likely to uh, read novels or genre fiction or various other stuff? Um, I generally, well, if I have time to read, which is kind of a long shot between my family and work, <laughs> if I have time to read, I'm usually most interested in reading like novels, just mm-hmm. different things. I rarely have time is what it comes down to. So once in a while, though, I'll go and read just some random fan fiction if I run across a story that looks interesting. And the one big plus to some fan fiction is that it's short. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And it's like, oh, good. I have like 10 minutes. I can finish this. You know, whereas, you know, if you picked up your novel, you're like, okay, I'll get about five pages. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's really so hard that's a to plus. stop at one chapter. Yeah, exactly. So you'll you'll write the epics, but you won't read them necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's probably true. Actually, like I said, I didn't intend to write the epics. They just come out like that. I am not a short story writer, I found. (laughs) They have a mind of their own and they just keep going. I think they call that I think they call that being long winded. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and long winded can be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and long-winded can be bad. <laughs> I've seen both halves of that, though. So. As long as you can keep it interesting, it's probably okay. <laughs> right, right. Coherent, you know. Well, that's what I, yeah, there's another, actually one of the stories that is on fanfiction.net, and I've been asked by poor readers, I feel so bad for them when I haven't finished it, but I haven't finished it, and it's about as long as points now, and yeah. it's 26 chapters. And it's, yeah. And I know how it's going to finish. That's the worst of it. I mean, I have like all the chapters like, like, you know, set up and the notes for it and everything else. And it's just a matter of like making myself do it. Or I don't know if you remember, there's this story of Joe Rowling and she said that she just had to go to some hotel and just like lock herself in mm-hmm. <laughs> to finish, I don't know, a certain chapter or something like that. I'm going, you know, that could work. <laughs> I think she did that when she finished Deathly Hallows. Yeah, she and did that in a hotel. That's what the documentary was about, was the people followed her for the last year of 
yeah. writing Deathly Hallows, and half of it uh, was spent in this hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, she signed something in the hotel that said, you know, this is where JKR finished Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows. Yeah, it was yeah. a bust. Sure. Or a vase, something like that. Statue, yeah. Some statue, <laughs> some hotel. But can you imagine? I, sorry, honey, I have to leave the next two weeks. I'll be at the Marriott. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, well, now you know why I haven't finished it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that does kind of go. bring me to one of my questions that I had is, do you need to be in a special place to write? Does it need to be quiet? Do you have music going? Do you have to have special food or snacks there? Um, what works best is waiting till everyone else has gone to bed mm-hmm. because then I don't have interruptions. They're not listening to things that interrupt me. <laughs> They're not asking me questions or, you know, will you go get me this or yeah, that kind of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. if I can outweigh everyone else and I'm kind of a night person anyway. So, you know, if I'm working, it doesn't work out so well because mm-hmm. I have to get up early night and bed early. Mm-hmm. Think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But if I can, you know, stay up till wee hours of the morning riding, oh, yes, I'm one happy camper. <laughs> okay. And do you type it straight into the computer or do you write it out longhand? I type it straight into the computer. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons that I finally got back to writing <laughs> because. Well, as you see, I am long-winded, as you were saying earlier. And uh, for that reason, it works out better if I can just type it straight into the computer. There's nothing wrong with being long-winded. Just ask anybody who listens to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're very concise. Always. (laughs) Yeah, and actually, as far as the food is concerned, if I'm really on and I really... And like seeing everything in my mind, because I'm kind of, I guess, what someone once called a video writer anyway. In other words, I just kind of, if I can really get into it, I'm just sitting there sort of writing down what the characters are doing. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're a transcriber. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're just doing it. And I'm, yeah. Like, I think it was chapter 23. I was in a panic about that whole thing where the Dementors came down, the first Dementor battle. Mm-hmm. Because I had never really written like any, you know, battle stuff where they were fighting them off or doing anything like that. And I wasn't sure how I would do it actually writing that. And so it took me two or three weeks to kind of get up the courage to write it. And I wrote it all in about three and a half hours. Wow. Wow. And it was, what, 22 pages or something? But yeah, it was just pouring out. Now that happened to be in an afternoon because I remember telling my husband and my and my daughters, sorry, <laughs> this is happening and I can't stop it and I'm going to do it. So <laughs> go to the movies. Yes. Go see yes. a double feature. <laughs> That's right. We'll be seeing you later on. <laughs> Pizza for dinner, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Pizza's a good dinner. <laughs> Every now and then. So, yeah, so that happened to be an afternoon. But in general, it's usually in that, you know, late after everyone else goes to bed. Leaves me alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that kind of partially answered one of my questions already, but I think I'll ask it anyway. Uh, okay. You've mentioned that you basically sort of see things and are writing them, but you've also mentioned that you take a lot of notes. So how much do you outline things and how much does stuff just come to you and you write it? I usually have to know what's going to happen in the end of a story before I even start it. In other words, uh, even with the length of something like points, 
I knew exactly what Ron was going to say for those those last few lines. That was written the whole time I was writing the whole rest of it, the whole two years. Wow. <laughs> I had to know where he was going to Are be you able related to, write to, to Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of. She had the epilogue written. <laughs> You know, 12 years before she finished Deathly Hallow, so I'm just checking. Yeah, and uh, well, mine wasn't 19 years later anyway, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mostly but, tend to have things plotted out, and it's just the expansions that you end up adding in? Yeah, and and sometimes they expand a lot, as you've noticed. But yeah, I don't know. I just have I just have notes, and they're kind of just random notes. They're sort of sequential, but it's not like a formal outline in any way. It's just kind of okay. what just kind of a brain dump. <laughs> just kind of what's falling out of my brain onto the screen, and I just type as fast as I can and let everything tell me where it wants to go. And then that usually is how I set up my initial outlines. And as I'm saying that, you know, when I have all these pages of notes for, you know, the sequel to Point and for Endangered and for, you know, my original stuff, that's what it is. It's just, you know, all of a sudden I get an idea and I have, I have to go write it down. And sometimes it's only two or three lines worth of type and sometimes it's two or three pages. But that's what I eventually extend and, yeah, expand that into my chapters and okay. sometimes move it around from place to Here place. Here I am. Nobody knew it dropped. I was being sneaky. I'm terribly sorry. I, I my my modem reset itself. I heard blah blah blah. I was like, hello. Oh shit. Sound of silence. Okay, we were rambling on. Nobody noticed. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. That was I'll have like to put in the bowling ball effects now. <laughs> because I said a bad word. No, because you dropped. Yeah, I sure did. No, we say bad words. We're explicit. All the time. Yes. Yeah, you were talking about how uh, you have an outline and that you know where everything is going and that you fill in. And then it Mm -hmm. dropped. I was only gone for like 30 seconds, so. Yeah, I was going to say, that wasn't that long ago, so. (laughs) Yeah, no. It took me three tries to get her back, though. Yeah, it was. was... You're quick. So. Yeah, actually, that's my favorite part of what I was going to say. Is actually that's my my favorite part of the whole thing is like doing the brain dump sort of thing and like planning everything and and plotting it. I think that's my favorite part of the writing. It's probably why you managed to do it so well. <laughs> I can never manage to plan in anything, so all my stuff is pretty short. <laughs> I get scenes basically, and I write them, and I have two or three scenes and if they string together that's great and then that's basically the entire fakelet and yeah. see I'm the opposite because I'll have an idea and I'll think how can I get this to work right and then I'll start to do research and then I go off on some wacko tangent with my research <laughs> and never come back to the story I mean it's just gone I have you like research yeah I sure do I have a quantum leap story idea that I had from what 12 years ago something like this and started doing research on the physics with the quantum leap and have like oh i don't know 10 or 15 books about quantum physics and never went back to the story so yeah <laughs> it's like okay please don't get lost in your renaissance research <laughs> i know <laughs> that could be a problem i'm sure 
Actually, I should have you do the Renaissance research. How's yeah, that? There you go. <laughs> uh, actually, I used to work at a Renaissance fair here in St. Louis. So I probably have quite a bit of access <laughs> to Renaissance. All right. It's already done. A little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> This is why we have connections. Kelly, I'm a research assistant (laughs) for someone who lives in California. Yes, I know she's 1,500 miles away, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Give me a year and I can probably find up all kinds of goodies for you. So, (laughs) The reason that we had to do research on the Renaissance, most people are concerned about the Italian Renaissance, okay? Mm -hmm. We didn't do Italian Renaissance for our basis for the fair. We did French, which was Ah. a different, totally different area, totally different characters, you know, what was going on in in that part of of Europe as opposed to Mediterranean. So we had to do a lot of research on, on the French Renaissance. So that's, yeah, that's where most of the stuff came from. So yeah, because most of yeah most of the most of what you see just in general is yeah the Italian. Mm-hmm. So that should have been interesting. It is, and it, it's just funny because people are like, oh yeah, and it's like no no, this is not Venice, this is Lyon. Okay, totally different. You're in a, you're many hundreds of miles away, and you're <laughs> under a different management, really. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, different culture, <laughs> just yeah. a bit, just a little, but it was fun. It is fun. Haven't done that for a while, so that was so that was you fun go. to do. We've got your research assistant. You guys, can, uh, all right. You guys can uh, contact each other through the forum with the PMs. It'll be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought this was, you know, just an author interview. I didn't know it was getting, getting hooked up here. Okay. Yeah. Potterfic Weekly. We take care of all of your needs. <laughs> well, maybe not all of them. You still have to eat. <laughs> Two things. I went back and listened to, well, I, I actually made it through three of the podcasts, or almost three of the podcasts, trying to find questions for you that we had yeah. had. One was Molly's clock and whether or not the clock would have read that the kids were in danger or if everybody was in mortal peril at that point. And so that's where the clock was. Or if um, it was pointed at lost. What Kelly? Lost. Lost. Yeah. Is that what it was at? Don't know. That was, she was giving you another option. Uh, okay. Yeah. It could have been pointed at lost. I was afraid yeah. I'd missed something. And, and cause one of my other no. questions I crossed out because the further I listened that it answered it in the podcast. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to ask that question now. So. <laughs> yeah. I tried to I tried to like answer all of the questions that that I thought people would have. Molly's clock, I don't I can't really remember what I was thinking with that one. Yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think it just I mean, I was just thinking that it would say um Ireland or yeah, possibly lost something like that. Uh because at that point they didn't really know that they were in trouble until they had read the story about the Dementors mm-hmm. attacking the people at the Quidditch match. And, you know, at that point, they were starting to get these ominous feelings. And then when Ginny started, you know, had had that little contact with Ron and Ron was saying, well, you know, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, mm-hmm. we're here and at least we're all right for now. But I'm not going to say many, anything else. I, I, I think love them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that would be a red flag. Yeah, for Ron, absolutely, because he doesn't say that. (laughs) Right. Unless things are are dire. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably, I think, just would say Ireland until it said, you know, lost, unable to contact, something like that. I don't know. 
Okay. Because, yeah, it should have said something. And then I don't know if you got this far when you were listening to the last one I sent you, but we talked about, or they talked about, I'm not sure I was there yet, whether or not Valeria would be able to see Hogwarts because we said that there's muggle repelling charms on the castle and all muggles usually see are are ruins. So Mm -hmm. once she's inside the castle, can she see it? Or does it look like a ruins until something happens? I'm just wondering what your take on that is. Because I'm sure it's probably not something that you thought of while you were doing it, but it was something that came up. Right. Well, Valeria is kind of, because she's affected by magic, Mm -hmm. she can sometimes see things that probably would be, you know, obscured by magic otherwise. But if you remember the... When she went to the Quidditch match, mm-hmm. she could see the broomsticks flying, but she didn't know why. I mean, she thought it was all like, you know, mechanized in some way to do that. And so I think her contact with magic doesn't always work. I mean, she can't always see things that, you know, have muggle repelling charms or whatever. But I think sometimes it kind of breaks through and she can. Mm -hmm. And so by the time she gets to Hogwarts, she's pretty much been accepted and she's and she's been told, you know, Ron bit the bullet and, and went ahead and told her you know, about the statute of secrecy and whatever. And I think I was sort of assuming that because she now knows about magic, that the muggle repelling charms aren't going to affect her anymore. That makes sense. I mean, she knows it's there. So she's seeing what actually is there. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, that if you know it's there, then you're going to see it. Whereas if you don't know it's there, then the charms will repel you. But if someone's told you or whatever, then it's kind of like with the Fidelis charm. If somebody's told mm-hmm. you about it, then of course, then you'll see it or whatever. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It work other ways where Hermione's parents will get close to something or other and then, oh, did I leave the kettle on or whatever? And Hermione has to physically take them past a certain barrier before they can get through whatever the repelling charm is. But I think, especially in Valeria's case, we already know that she can see Dementors, even though she has no idea what they are. And mm-hmm. even Mrs. Spig, being a squib, couldn't see the Dementors. So Valeria obviously has a leg up on her, so probably she could manage to see Hogwarts. Yeah. Well, I was uh, also thinking about, well, for instance, like Hermione's parents, like you were just mentioning, when they go to Hogwarts, they seem to, you know, react as if they see everything around them. You know, I mean, we didn't have that in canon, but I think when I had them go to Hogwarts and they were in that meeting with Dumbledore, mm-hmm. I went ahead and, and let them sort of see everything because I'm figuring if a parent, you know, has a magical child, they're still going to need, you know, now they know about the magical world because of their mm-hmm. child and they're going to need to know about the magical world because of their child. So I'm assuming the muggle repelling charms, there must be something that allows those parents to be able to see everything that is really there. Right. I always thought the castle, Rather than it be you know, there was, there, was the, there was the theory that the reason that the first years went across the lake in the boats was so that the castle would recognize them. And as they approached it, they'd be able to see it. You know, that's how they can see it. Maybe the same thing with Hermione's parents. The castle recognizes that one of its students is a child of these two people and recognizes them. And and the same thing with the Valeria, because, you know, the castle is almost sentient anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it may be able to detect magic or magic affected 
uh, personality such as Valeria. So, you know, maybe that's why she could see it right away. Now, Grandma, on the other hand, that would be a different story. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But she's there, too, so... She is. Right. Well, and I'm thinking that there are always, even in canon, there are areas that are both, where both muggles and magical people are living you know, together. But uh, to me, it has more to do with, with the acceptance of magic. Mm-hmm. You know, if you accept that magic exists, then there it is. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. If you accept that magic exists, then you would be able to see the statue of the potters in Godric Hollow that yeah. changes. Yeah. And, and it looks like a war memorial. And then if someone magical gets close enough, it reveals itself as the statue of the three potters mm-hmm. so i mean that's i thought kind that of was kind of cool yeah <laughs> well and i guess now that i i've started this question and i'm thinking about it more too and, and i brought up the question because it was something that we mentioned in the podcast but the muggle parents or parents of muggle-born children get into Diagon Alley, and they also get onto yeah. platform mm-hmm. nine and three quarters so there has to be ways that they can see the magical because otherwise it just wouldn't work yeah, yeah. so I like the, then, I like your theory that if they believe in magic, then they can see it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if they've accepted okay. the fact that their child is magical, then you know they mm-hmm. would have to accept that magic is real. Mm-hmm. And so then all would be revealed. It's one of those things. <laughs> so, so I have to ask an off-topic question: Did your no. husband just yell at the TV set? <laughs> no, actually, he didn't. <laughs> I'm surprised because it was a fabulous reception <laughs> on the Steelers' part. <laughs> I just looked up and saw it. I thought, I'm surprised I don't hear like yelling in the background. <laughs> well, I should probably check the backyard. He may be out there by now yelling. If it was that good. <laughs> well, they're losing, so he may he may be stomping his feet ah. somewhere. I don't know. Oh, he's so. probably shouting. That's not good. And I've and equally off topic, I've been known to to like the way the Baltimore uh quarterback plays. I mean I've said, Oh, no. look at that. He passed that well. So yeah, that's probably a good thing that I'm not out there tonight. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't want to say that. Especially if they're losing. <laughs> no. No. He'd probably dunk you in the swimming in big pool trouble or something. all week. <laughs> we don't want you in the doghouse. Nope, nope. Yeah, yeah, out on the couch. (laughs) Do you have a house? What house would you be in? Hmm, I have the trite answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a lot too. (laughs) That's good. I think I would probably be in Gryffindor. Okay. Uh, The reason I'm basing this in real life is because usually, you know, in work situations, when there are a whole bunch of people who want to like go in and complain to the principal or whoever about some situation. Okay, so there are five or six of us who, you know, start into this and we're all walking in a nice, neat little row. We're standing there in a neat little row (laughs) and we're all arguing back and forth. And all of a sudden I realize that everyone else has taken a step back and guess who's standing out front? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still fine. So, I don't know. I don't know if that would qualify me or not. But um, You can always take the Soaring Hat quiz on the forum and find out what that says. That's true. I could do that. I may do that because I haven't yet. But, yeah, and I I tend to be the sort that, like, I don't have a problem, like, getting into the mix when something that requires, mm, I don't know if it's really bravery, but if something requires me to be strong, I can make my way through it. 
And then as soon as it's all over and I find out everything is okay, then I fall apart. Mm -hmm. I, I understand I'm that. <laughs> yes, I'm like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a Gryffindor quality. Or... Mm -hmm. We like Gryffindor, though. <laughs> we have a mixed bag on, on the line. You, you have uh, a Hufflepuff who's a Hufflepuff both on the forum and Pottermore, a Ravenclaw <laughs> who's a Ravenclaw both on the forum and Pottermore, and then we have Scott who's a Hufflepuff on the forum and a Ravenclaw. Is that right, Scott? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In Pottermore. So, yeah, we're, we're a little conflicted, but yeah. Oh, okay. I was always well, that's right okay. on the edge. Anyway. I like all the houses. I think they're awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw, but I have a big mouth, so I don't know if that would qualify me for Gryffindor too. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Sue was being sneaky earlier, so maybe there's some Slytherin in there. You know, <laughs> ah. Slytherpuff. No, you could have a four house <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. That's why I like writing. I try to write people from all the different houses into my stories if I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always work that way. I tell you, I, so, I, and I enjoyed a lot of the humor that you had. Ron freaking out about the fact that he had to wash the fish because they just came out of the creek. Why would we wash them? I thought that was great. <laughs> and uh, Draco mouthing off to Molly. Oh, yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> you don't want to go up against mm -hmm. Molly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew that even way back then. <laughs> you don't want to mess with her. If she's raised all those boys, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, she's a mama bear. Uh, yeah, yep. definitely. Well, thank you. I'm glad you appreciated the, the humorous parts anyway. I tried mm -hmm. to make them humorous sometimes. Most of the time, Ron just was sort of speaking for himself and just to keep him Ronish, he would say something like that anyway. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, he was very Ronish. They all seemed to feel like they fit as the characters anyway. So mm -hmm. that was good. Yeah, you got all their voices right. That was really good. That was that was really well done. I thought. Yeah. Right. It always bugs me when they have something like Dumbledore saying "okay" or some other weird expression. Yeah. <laughs> Americanized expressions. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, sometimes it's fun. I read a short fic where they were deliberately playing with that. I think it was supposed to be a Weasley twin suite or something like that. So they had Dumbledore going around going, what up, dog? All the, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> oh and somebody else had a completely different one that they were doing that was really off as well. And yeah, it was fun. But Yeah, if you're doing something that's intentionally funny, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the characterization is like a peeve with me. I just... If I'm reading a fanfic or something where the characterization is way off, I'm just like, no, I can't deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Picky with that, I guess. This is I know not some people, the person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they wouldn't do that. And then I'm so bothered by that that I forget about what's going on in the mm -hmm. story. Yeah. But kind of I know. Mrs. Bullets. Yeah, I know some of the readers were, uh, and I noticed you guys have, have mentioned that a couple of times, thought that my characterization of Voldemort was different than, than they had seen otherwise, because we didn't know very much about Voldemort at the time that I was writing that. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of more snarky than <laughs> than probably, you know, canon Voldemort. You have and one so hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really bad. Fun. It's really bad when somebody, even now, totally unrelated to Harry Potter, somebody will say, yeah, we have about an hour. And all I can hear is, you have one hour. <laughs> oh, God. Ryan <laughs> has ruined Ryan. the line for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you yeah. have things when you were listening to the podcast that you just like wanted to bash our heads in and say, that's not what I meant, or that's not what I wrote, or you totally missed the point? Because we're good at that. <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing really jumped out at me that that was totally off. Um, I was hoping in the beginning, I think it was Scott, I'm not sure, but someone had said that they thought that Valeria was a little bit suish, and I was just hoping that they would find that that really wasn't the case or, you know, that they would <laughs> hopefully change their mind later on with what happens to her or you know, they found out more mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I can't think of really anything else. Mostly, I'm just fascinated when people read my work. I just love hearing what they get from it mm-hmm. because lots of times I get such different responses, but I usually am happy with them all <laughs> because if nothing else, if they didn't pick up what I want them to pick up, I want to know that so that I can be able to, you know, to change it and improve as a writer. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they did, if they did, or if they picked up, you know, just different things or different ideas, then that's all good. I like that. And there's a lot to be said for a little bit of confusion <laughs> to make a story interesting, I think. Because <laughs> then you're going, the wait a minute. clears up in the end. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And as long as it doesn't go on so long that it's annoying. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I tried to make things strange to some point. In fact, I had to go back and add in the sock to a couple of chapters. The black sock. Did you guys pick up the oh, black yeah. sock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so I had to go that. back and, and insert the black sock. And where Fred was it? It was, like, where it, was. it was somewhere in the couch. Yeah, it was the missing sock. I thought mm-hmm. it was funny. It was like, I can tell whose it is by the smell. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> I just like that Fred and I are related. We're both slobs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Things like that. Well, I'm looking. The only other question I have is, do you talk about Harry Potter in your class? I used to. Well, we used to. Actually, when I was first writing the story, and most of the time that I was writing the story, I think we were between Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was really funny is I had started to read Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone to my students. This was in probably 2002, 2003. Well, Mm -hmm. As we were reading, odd as it was that year, we had a student who had black hair and wore glasses, and he lived with his grandparents because his parents were, I don't know, I'm not sure where they were, but they were unavailable. And he had a scar on his forehead from some childhood accident. Well, his best friend had red hair and freckles and blue eyes. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids made the connection. And so they started calling them Harry and Ron. And, of course, these two were always in trouble. (laughs) Of course. And so they were always bringing things that they weren't supposed to bring or playing with things they weren't supposed to be playing with. I was going to say, like, dragon eggs and... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Not quite that bad. If only it was that interesting, yeah. (laughs) So they did some interesting experiments, I remember... But they were always in trouble, and so I would keep taking away whatever these things were. Well, so then they, you know, playing as Harry and Ron, they kept saying that I made them disappear. (laughs) (laughs) So then they made me Professor McGonagall, 
and started calling me that since we had started picking on them, calling them Harry and Ron. So once that happened, everyone else in the class wanted a Harry Potter name. Of course. And they all named each other, you know, according to what they knew of the story. Now, we didn't have movies at the time. The movies were not out yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so all we had was the book to go by, and that was what they did. And I said, I'm not going to have anything to do with choosing the names. But I said, I'll go along with it. And so we we pretty much had awards that year. So that was a lot of fun, actually. That was a good class. (laughs) So, of course, we couldn't use our magical names if anyone else came in. Mm -mm. Because that that would be all wrong. But we could use our magical names if we were just in there. That's great. So that that was fun. And I've read it to other classes. And I thought that it was really only going to happen that one year. But then a student came in like the first day the next year and said, ah, I'm going to be your Harry this year. (laughs) I'm like, oh. (laughs) They passed it down. Yeah, it kind of went on for a year or two, but it's kind of died out now. And Were you yeah. ever a fan of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series? And did you read that to your class at all or anything like that? Uh, I did. I, I remember reading one year, yeah, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And, and they really enjoyed it. But then, of course, the next year, being the good old California school system, it came out with a list of books that we had to read to them. And that was not on mm-hmm. there. Well, it, it was, but it was for the sixth graders. Wow. So. Yeah. The reason I asked is because I had my first experience with really getting into fantasy. Mm-hmm. Neither one of my parents, you know, read anything. Let's just put it this way. I found out when I was 35 years old that my father liked Star Trek. Oh. Okay. 35. 35. I've been a Star Trek fan since I was, you know, 12 and didn't know. <laughs> you know like, oh, no. Me, right? How sad. But, All those years we wasted, right? I know. <laughs> But my fourth grade teacher read us A Horse and His Boy. And I remember that, you know, 33 years ago, listening to that Mm -hmm. story and thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it got me interested in reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series by by Lewis. So do you know where Harry and Ron ended up? Or did they become lost in the school district? (laughs) I know the Ron kid moved away. But as far as the Harry one, yeah, he just kind of, he grew up and now he should be in high school somewhere now. So I haven't tracked him down lately. But uh, but yeah, he's he's there. But it was funny. And I know that those kids, it, it was funny because all of those kids from that class, would still send me notes from, like, middle school mm-hmm. through their little brothers and sisters. And they would say, you know, here, we're all still here, and we just wanted to say hi. So it was, oh, it was cute. fun. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were and, a good class. You know, Harry Potter really does bring people together. And that's something mm-hmm. that we've seen over and over again. And even something just as simple as that class. I mean, I have a child that I had in class five or six years ago who came and got me by the hand and led me to the desk and said, can I have that? And he pointed to, it was a like a princess wand. It was a star with ribbons on it. And I said, what do you want that for? And he said, when guardium Leviosa. And I was like, yeah, you can have it. Have fun. You know, And his mother works in my company now. And so I get to see her every once in a while. I get to keep track of him. And she says he's gone to the dollar store and he's in, he's probably in third grade now. He's gone to the dollar store and gotten little dollar notepads and he's writing fan fiction. He has no idea he's writing fan fiction. 
but he's mm-hmm. writing. He says, I, you know, this isn't, something's wrong here. I, I'm going to fix this, he tells his mom. And he's writing. Uh-huh. And she keeps telling me she's going to bring me a notebook, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really excited to hopefully be able to see it. But it's neat to be able to see everything that Harry Potter has done. And yeah. it's just brought so many people together, but it, it does. I mean, even to that, where you're still getting notes years later from these kids that had a really mm-hmm. special connection. I mean, kids have a connection with their teachers anyhow, but they had a special connection because you, you let them do that with the names and they connected with each other and they connected with you the, through that. And I just think that's great. Yeah. Well, and I think it. Harry Potter has tied together different ages too, different age mm-hmm. groups and really brought them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a lot of literature doesn't do it's either children's literature or it's adult or it's you know, it's more appealing to a certain age group, but with Harry Potter it seems to be you know, so many such yeah. a range. Everyone yeah. can find something in it. Even the podcast is an example, various different times throughout the episodes we've had fourteen year olds and fifty year olds on the podcast talking about Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've gone through my oh, we, list. Anybody else have questions? <laughs> no, I don't care. Huh? Do I never really made a list. Yeah, mm. did you have other questions for us? Like, you know, some tangent that we went on or edge comb or something like that? <laughs> no. I was just like, having a good time with you guys, I think, while you were doing all that. So that was all fine. Well, that's good. It's, oh, well, good. it's good when the authors kind of go with us on our insanities. And don't think crazy, right? Exactly. Not as well. I think if I took half an hour to get to anything useful, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) If you take yourself too seriously, it's just not any fun. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) That's why we're totally unscripted. (laughs) (laughs) A little more scripted than the original podcast. We are Mm, a little bit, maybe. Sometimes we try anyway. (laughs) Stay on topic. Stay on topic. (laughs) Well, no, but we at least follow through on the the chapters and kind of go chapter by chapter rather than jumping from one place to the other to the other. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Occasionally that does get you through the story quicker, I think, but (laughs) it's fun. All sorts of good stuff to talk about. Do you have any fan fiction that you think we need to review? Oh, goodness. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Like I said, it's been a while since I've really had time to, to get and... yeah to get into too much. And the stories that I really like are usually long. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> but I usually <laughs> like the chaptered ones myself. And like I said, once in a while, I'll, I'll you know pick one just because it's short. And just because I need a taste of, you know, something else in my mind besides work and, you know, real world, I should say. But, yeah, I can certainly um, send, you know, email you with anything that I might think of. Sure. We're always open for new things. Mm -hmm. I think there's a thread on the forum for it, too, if that's easier. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's right. Keep- Is there anything else that we haven't asked that you wish we'd asked or you'd, that you'd like to tell the listeners about either the story itself or the process of writing the story or any of that kind of thing? Um, well, just mostly, and I think I mentioned this on the on one of the messages that I left, that I really appreciate you guys trying to keep it in the listeners' minds that this was written you know, way back, you know, 2003, that this was written before mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire and 
or, you know, written between Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, because without that, you lose a lot of the context. And, you know, people are going, why would she write that? Because, <laughs> you know, obviously she would have known that was a you. But I think it really kind of helped the, the listeners keep that frame of mind that it was written before we knew a lot of the things that we know at the end of canon. So mm -hmm. I really appreciate all of you, you know, reminding the readers that, well, remember that was, you know, way back before this happened and before, you know, we saw this in book six or in book five. So I yeah. appreciate you bringing that up. We try to do that. There with were story a lot of good stories of written in that yeah. time period. It was a fertile time. Very much. Mm -hmm. So it's good to enjoy some of that. And it's also when a lot of us were first getting into fashion. So some of our favorite stories are from the time. And, you know. Mm -hmm. so, well, and yeah, I know. And it was funny that you mentioned. Make sure people remember that. Yeah. And it, it was funny that you were mentioning about Marta's artwork. Because that was a surprise to me that she was even doing that. But I know a lot of people followed that link that you did <laughs> and, and found my story through that. Yeah, many more than the other way around, I think. But they saw that picture and they wanted to see what was going on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, not so much what's going on there, but like I said, I was much more interested in the and Hermione appearing than the Harry and Ginny pairing mm -hmm. at that point. And it was like, oh, look, Ron Hermione stuff, yay! Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it makes and sense. I never we considered get anything a else. more of that in the books, I think. Mm -hmm. Especially early on, because Harry's just not paying attention, so anything that is going to happen that way happens with the other people. Right. Yeah, yeah and they fought too much to not be getting together at some point. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, depends on which part of the fandom you ask, but yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's true. But they they definitely tick <laughs> off the uh, evil overlord list, whichever number that was. In the story we're currently covering, there was a mention about the overlord list, and an AU version of Ron was telling Hermione to quit arguing with him or he'd get killed because one of the numbers on the list is uh, if ever a couple enters my realm that argues constantly, I'll have them killed immediately because they're sure to be important to the plot and uh, bring my downfall in some way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all the technical stuff worked for me for the most part. I was a meteorology major in college, so when you have anything to do with weather, it usually a lot of times it'll throw me out of the story, but this one it didn't, which was nice. So the fog yeah, worked. Did. Yeah. <laughs> Although I still have to wonder, you know, we have so many aircraft that fly over so much of the globe. It's like, wouldn't somebody notice something like that being, hmm, wow, that's perfectly circular. I wonder what it is. <laughs> It was magic. Yeah, it was magic. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, it reflected. Didn't we yeah. decide that it yeah. reflected so that they didn't really notice? Yeah, I think it was sort of like the invisibility cloak. Mm -hmm. You know how it sort of reflects whatever's around it so you don't really see it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was just reflecting clouds it. back up at clouds. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, serious is space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's true. I could do with so. a weather controlling orb. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Stop we could we could park it we could park it over the United States for Christmas so it would snow everywhere one day and that would be it. <laughs> that would be enough snow for me. 
Then works. we're done. And yeah, half the states would come to a screeching halt. No, yeah. it would only be it would only be a little, just for decoration, and then it would go away, and then I'd be I'd be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to I come up with some sort that of snow for snow. the yeah. 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 I was going to say they need to find some sort of snow analog or something for the the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, or else take it off the roofs, because it looks really weird to have people walking on completely bare streets in shorts and t-shirts with snow on the rooftop. Mm. Like, what? Yeah, I can mm. see that. <laughs> well, they may do something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's the one problem with establishing it in Florida, besides the fact that it's really hard for me to get to. (laughs) Well, I think the biggest reason they put it in Florida was because they knew what the weather was going to be all the time. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, if you look at like Great America up north near Chicago or, you know, places like that, those places and here even, our amusement parks do not stay open all year because of the weather. They could have put it in L.A. It would have worked. Yeah, the weather there true. is nice. Mm-hmm. I could have got yeah, there much that easier. Closer to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if me. they'd established it somewhere with winter, they'd just have to have a cloak shop in the first thing you get to, and you know, you can have a cloak, and it'll be nice and warm, and you can go through the park, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They yeah. can have it open during rough weather. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Nice wool cloak. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the story. And as much fun as this has been, I'm probably going to have to kind of wrap it up. But yep. it's, I think <laughs> yeah, we sort of trailed off into completely out of the topic <laughs> now. So, you know. well, that's okay. That's perfectly fine, and too. Sue's cough has come back, yeah. and Uh-oh. the Steelers are now leading. Yay, Steelers. Oh, oh my, my. Four, I think. I did hear a yell out there, so that must have been when they took over the lead. <laughs> Probably. I think it's, there you go. Like, I think it's 20 to 16 right now, so yeah. Oh, it just made uh-oh. it. They just got Still a touch. Tent. Yeah. Well, Still tense. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and for listening to us blather on. And I know that it took us a really long time from the point that I sent you a message that said, we're recording this to the point that I said, oh, hey, I finally edited this. Thank you for being patient with us. Oh, that was perfectly fine. Thank you so much for doing points, for going through and doing the podcast on it, because it's been really a lot of fun. And and like I said, I think there's nothing more fun than like hearing reflections on what what I've written. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, like I say, for better or worse, you know, because I want to know what they're taking from the writing. And you guys have have definitely taken some interesting things from it. But no, no, seriously, you've you've pretty much, you know, seen everything that I intended or seen it as I intended. Let's put it that way. Well, that's good. Yeah, that is good. We didn't have any upside down boats and we didn't have any, you know, any other things that we needed to have corrected from the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed the coverage and and thank you for writing the story in the first place or obviously we couldn't have done all of this and yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I have a feeling that was going to happen no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) It it intended to be written. Now you just yeah. have to finish Endangered Species. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do need to finish that. I agree. I think it's a good ending. I think I think people 
book it, so <laughs> I just right. have to get myself to it. <laughs> go find that hotel. You'll get there. Right? Yeah, go find yourself <laughs> a hotel. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> if you ever feel like getting back to the sequel, you could always uh, write a precy of what would have happened or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thought, too. Might be fun to see some of the other things that go on with those people. Yeah, yeah that should work. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with AU fic. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Because you are not the original author and you aren't pretending to be the original author, so why should your story be exactly like hers? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Well, and a lot, I, I mean, you know, I, I really respect the way that a lot of people have written AU fic and, and, you know, gone through and they've been like painstaking about making sure that everything follows, you know, their way of thinking. And it's not always easy. <laughs> no. Either. Thank you very much. Yes. For taking your time out to come listen to us babble. Oh, it's been <laughs> a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't have missed it. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. We won't just abandon it. Yeah, you've been, no, you've been taking good care of me. I really appreciate you keeping in touch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been fun. It really has. It's fun to you know, meet new people. So yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always Absolutely. nice to have more people to talk to. Mm-hmm. That it is. All right. Well, it's been good well, talking to you. Well, thank you. Well, and yeah. we'll say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. And good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.